Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, we're continuing our weekly tradition here of being attacked. Attack, attack, attack. That's why I said last week. Attack, attack, attack. What happened last week? Um, We've been through this before. We thought we were past this. But no. Uh, Guy jumps on the mic. He basically hacks the mic with a code and destroys the show, and I can't can't stop him. So we had to go to a a hidden room. Uh, Earlier, Matthew could not call in. And uh, so, what did I tell you, uh, Matthew? I said, well, when we pray around here, things happen. Remember I said that? Within five seconds. And Dave prayed. There's people out there who cannot process me, okay? And because they can't process me, they have difficulty thinking of me as a spiritual person. I think the reason is is because we talk about conspiracies so much. Now, I actually have an opinion that I lose respect uh, among people, um, actually a lot of people, if I don't talk about the Bible enough. You can turn that into a positive. This is just my opinion. I, I, I think I'm correct, though. But when I talk, the more I talk about, this is true to a certain extent. But I know people like to hear about conspiracy stuff, and there's some people that prefer that, okay? They don't want too much biblical stuff. But if they think I'm not talking about it enough, you know, Dave should be getting into the Bible more. You know what I mean? I mean, this is basically a conspiracy show, but this show has always been unique. It's the only show in the world. This is a truism. I said talk about truism last week. That has the audacity to mingle consistently, theology with what I call deep conspiracies, okay? The deep conspiracies is you're always like taking it to another level. The reason that these people on YouTube don't get to that level, it's real simple. And here's what it is. They are not deep thinkers. You may have heard me say on the show, they're not very bright. That is true. They're regular people. They didn't go through all this um, intellectual discipline that I went through. We're talking about like two decades. Before I even got into this, my life was devoted to the acquisition of knowledge. We got way too many people out there that see um, the opportunity Uh, It's set right in front of you with um, the Internet and uh, software programs and apps. You know, they start saying, I could do this, I could do that, I could do this. I've got story after story about people 
who have just jumped into the mix, okay, they've only been poking around the Internet for like two or three years as far as like conspiracy type stuff, okay? All right? Now, see, what they're doing, they, they, they don't realize this. The people say, well, I believe in the Bible. Well, the, the Bible is an ancient document, and from an ancient perspective, and from a biblical perspective, guess what? You are now a teacher. They're all teachers. Did you know there's teachers all over Facebook? Everybody wants to be a teacher. And what do they want to teach you? Their version of reality. Did you know that? They actually believe that they've figured out what's real. And what did I say earlier? Everything significant is hidden. Now, the human ego doesn't want to admit that. That's a negative, I'm going to call it a negative truth. Okay? A negative truth is something that affects you negatively on an emotional level. Actually, you feel it in your nervous system sometimes. You go, I don't know. I call it the awful truth, right? They don't want to believe that. Humans always want to believe that the truth can be obtained more easily than it actually can. They don't want to believe it's that hard. But do these people realize how deeply the truth is hidden? No. You see that? And they don't believe that, and they believe otherwise. And this is one of the foundational reasons why all these people on these monetized YouTube channels, you know, if you have kind of an event that happens, I've talked about this before, they will jump right in there because they're actually racing the competition with the other ones to get out an initial video because those are the ones that get watched, not the ones that show up two weeks later. They want an immediate analysis. There's pressure on these people, and they, they actually are self-deluded into believing that they can understand what's going on, especially with things that are, quote-unquote, esoteric. Most of what the Illuminati does has an esoteric quality to it. They believe that they can um, decode it. They're like Illuminati decryptors and decoders. Why do they believe this? One simple reason. The human ego. You see? They simply want to believe that they can. And so this is what they believe. They're self-deceived. They don't realize how complex it is, how deeply hidden it is, how deeply esoteric it is, and how much effort and time, that's what they don't get, time, it takes to discover these things that are deeply hidden by actually God. And I was just saying to my housemate today, there's all kinds of things that you, can't, you cannot discover at all. And I gave an example. I talked about how this ancient oral tradition, this body of knowledge that extended from Adam, which nobody talks about. You can use that right there to prove all of these Christians are wrong because they say, there's no esoteric body of knowledge, Dave. What? Now stop and think. What did I say earlier? There's all this information that's not in the Bible. So does the Bible talk about this um, Adamic oral tradition? Anybody? Is that that in your Bible? I'll step back a little bit. 
to ask yourself, is it important? It's massively important. Oh, oh yeah. Adam, Adam knew more about reality than anybody. And I will say, including Jesus and some people said, Dave, you're wrong about that. You can't prove anything. Okay? When he was growing in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, which is what the scripture says, by the way, he was making mistakes in a high Christology, an overly high Christology. Jesus never made a mistake. I don't want to go on this. I've already talked about this before. Okay? But uh, when you learn, okay, everybody learns, you learn that you're wrong. If you don't get that, it's because you haven't been learning. And actually, a lot of people, they, they don't get that. Um, they borrow a belief system from somewhere. Right. It's actually from the Illuminati. This is kind of funny. And they embrace it on an emotional level. They do not critique it because that would take effort. It's like, a banquet. I've come up this before. I said, well, I'll have a slice of this, and I'll choose this. or this. I'll just take the whole deal. And that's your belief system. And then what they do, they defend it. You see that? Now, these people are blind. Now, the Illuminati is in the business of creating belief systems for everybody. They've got one. Well, if they don't like this one, this one, this one, and this one, then maybe they'll like this one. And they actually have another one. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've got it's these little cubbyhole cubby religions. You know what I mean? Oh, somebody like this, you know. What? Yeah, Dave, it's, it's actually it's a tool of uh, that Satan's so smart, intelligent. They don't realize that Satan knows exactly what we're going to do before we do it. Like, and you nailed it right there. They have a different belief system, and he'll just uh, have, you know, use his little toolbox there and install another, another belief system in there. And uh-huh. all, all he's really doing is hiding the truth in the first place. I mean... Uh-huh. That's a, that's one of the first revelations I got. How smart this guy is, you know what I mean? Satan is, and uh, how <laughs> how he's just covered up, and how he covered everything up, and he uh, he uses our human emotions and uh, the ego and everything, and he can play us like puppets. This whole human society, mm-hmm. play, a majority mm-hmm. of us play us like puppets, you know, because it's hidden, deeply hidden. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's my point. Um, we got our ghetto music out here. Unbelievable. Um, you got this uh, body of knowledge from Adam. Right? I'm, I'm talking about trying to illustrate how deeply things are hidden. Uh, okay, here's the question. Can you, uh, first of all, it's important. That's self-evidence important, right? Do we have this knowledge? No. It's gone. Okay? Now, somebody has it. They're sitting on it, right? Uh, Satan dribbles it out to people who uh, obey him. You don't obey Satan, you don't get this knowledge. Christians, I'll frame a question. Do Christians have access to this large body of knowledge that Adam passed down to his son and his son passed down to his son? Do they have access to that knowledge? No. Why do they make this extraordinary claim, and they do over and over, oh, there's nothing esoteric, there's no big secrets out there. Why do they do that? I'll tell you right now. You actually ought to know yourself. I don't need to help you. Because they're ignorant. Okay? Because that psychological operation from Satan affects them too. Did you know that uh, Christians don't believe there's any psychological operations that are affecting them? Stop and think about that. 
kind of understand. Most of these people, they don't believe in any significant conspiracies. And they might play around, well, maybe Oswald didn't shoot. They don't, here's the thing. This is not hard. Did you know that most quote-unquote normal citizens in America, they do not walk around thinking about conspiracies? Have you ever interacted with these people? Now, if you interact with them enough, you will actually discover what they do think about. Did you know what they think about? Well, nothing profound ever. Um, it pretty much has to do with the media, right? Then they will talk about people almost always negatively. Don't, if you don't believe me, just um, go on a bus and drive around town a little bit and listen to what people are talking about. That's assuming that people talk on the bus, you know what I mean? <clears throat> Everything's trivial, you see? They're wired for the trivial. The Forget about the esoteric. Anything that is significant has been shut down in the human mind. This is a society. It's a clown society. It's a sham society of triviality. That's why I said earlier, these are the plastic people. Their entire life has to do with triviality. They don't think about anything deep. And then we're supposed to make this um, fantastic leap that, oh, these people on these YouTube channels, um, you know, they graduated into the esoteric. These people, they actually believe that they're into the esoteric. Now, I can't say that universally they haven't discovered anything. In fact, I already thought about this just a few minutes earlier. They, there's one thing that is actually truly esoteric. Here's what, here's what they've discovered so far. They have discovered that the earth is not a perfect sphere. You see that? They, they actually discovered that. That was um, pretty well hidden. And why did that happen? God. Okay. Now, when uh, the devil sees God moving, he, I've come up this before, I don't care if it's a revival or a concentration camp, it's everywhere across the board, as far as I can think of. The devil's right there. You know what I mean? God's going to do something. Satan gets right in there. He's going to try to mess it up, right? Of course. Unless God says, no, you can't do that. If God doesn't do that, the devil will be right in there. And then people are trying to figure out, is this from God or Satan? You know what I mean? And the people are not equipped to do that. But yeah, um, what I'm trying to illustrate here is that um, not only is it hard to discover these things, you have to have a lot of labor and time. You can't reward yourself and, and, and say, I've discovered it. No, you haven't. You just thought you did. You wanted to believe that you did. Okay? These things are they're more hidden. See, it's like a, a succession of walls. This is the principle behind tier two propaganda, which is a term that I coined, okay? Well, there's tier three propaganda. There's tier four. Five. Depends what, you know. If it's something really important, oh, yeah. And each level is designed to feed your ego and make you believe you've discovered it. Did you know that the Illuminati feed the ego of flat earthers? Look at them, how they behave. 
They're in love with their belief system. You notice that? They're like gleeful. They believe we're special because they got psyop. You see? Now, they did discover that the earth is not a perfect sphere. You've got to give them credit for that, okay? Um, <clears throat> most of what they believe is, I'd say, garbage. Okay? In other words, it's, it's false. It's not true. Okay? Stop and think about it. We haven't really talked about this. But the, um, the cosmology of the earth, the structure of the earth, it has different components, right? different categories. Let's say like the ice wall, Antarctica, uh, the true nature of um, the northern lands. Okay? You've got to understand Illuminati is going to have a psyop, misdirection for each one of these different categories. Right? Yes. This is very important because if you just believe what I just said, now you're going to go look for it. Okay? Now, notice how popular the ice wall is, which I've said before is 100% unprovable, virtually. And the only way that you'll ever be able to prove it is a messianic figure. You're going to have to get out of your body and uh, spirit travel, which Charles has done. Or you're going to have to talk to a non-human entity. It doesn't have to be an angel. Let me tell you something. All of the non-human entities, they all know the true cosmology, and they all know the true shape of the earth. You know why? There's no cover-ups. The cover-ups in our realm. Why, why do we have to put up all of this? Because we're under a curse. This lack of knowledge is a subcategory. It's called ignorance of the Genesis 3 curse. Ignorance is a punishment from God. Now, what people want to do, they want to forge ahead and claim, you know, I've discovered something. But have they really? Now, see, they have kind of like followers, right? Well, the followers know even less. Now, didn't I tell you earlier that everyone wants to believe that they can discover the truth? And it's not as hard as it really is. That's why they have this, these big followings. And they can actually make money. And I said before, this is a great system in the idiocracy. You don't have to intentionally take advantage of people, but the opportunity is there. You see that? Now, what you have to do, like I said before, you absolutely must properly promote yourself. Okay? It all depends on that. The information is not that important. If you have a lot of bells and whistles and flashing lights, the devolutionary entities, they will always show up. You know what they're looking for? A show. It's just a different form of entertainment. Did you know that um, conspiracy information in an idiocracy is actually just a different form of entertainment? You probably never thought about that before. People are entertained. And uh, they enjoy uh, discovering all these uh, you know, deep truths that they're discovering. Now, they get bits and pieces. Um, they get the, um, the crumbs from the master's table. and I'm talking about God here, okay? He gives them a little bit, not, not very much. Because, look, at, I said before, theologically, every truth is a gift from God. Okay? So you can't keep God out of this. 
God is um, throwing a few breadcrumbs out there. And these guys think that they discovered some gold nuggets. They don't realize. Well, <clears throat> there's complexity to actually everything that God created. And it's always more complex than you think. If you just take that general rule and apply it, then it will humble you a little bit. And you won't be making all these claims about, oh, we discovered this. I mean, they, they actually think they've discovered the true cosmology. We're just moving on here. We already got it. We, we don't have to critique it. We have it. We know the truth. You know what I mean? So look around. You're going to see disinformation about every significant, important category of cosmology. Now, this is the way you figure it out. Look at what is the most promoted and repeated and what you hear the most. That will be the propaganda. You got it? Now, these people, <clears throat> their minds are so undeveloped, they don't even understand that one simple basic principle. For instance, if you did, then you'd be highly suspicious. If you just believe what I said, this is, they, this is what they do over and over again. Idiocracy, it's even easier. Just fool the people. They just follow along like lemmings, okay? Just promote it. Promote your propaganda. Make it popular, just like dispensational theology. What happened with that? People didn't used to believe in dispensationalism. They used to believe in replacement theology. Well, why did uh, dispensational theology become wildly popular? What do you think? It was promoted. It had to be promoted. The people have to hear. First of all, the people, as a general rule, like I just said, they're so lazy, slothful, docile. They don't search for the truth. Did you know that? They're not searching for the truth. I'm talking about Christians and churches, by the way. They want the truth to be dropped in their lap. They actually want an expert to tell them, and they want to believe what the expert says. It's called the pastor. And your pastor is not an expert. Uh, there's no experts after four years of anything, okay? Now, when I said that before, I was talking, obviously, about larger realities. I'm not talking about um, becoming a, like a psychologist or a computer programmer. We're talking about philosophical, theological things, okay? And that's important because these are what we'll call the big truths. What's really important? Because you grade knowledge systematically, qualitatively. Some things are more important than other things. Those things are just what they get in their so-called education. That's to get them to fit into the system, the money system, earn an income, and buy things. Okay? Um, you've got to have uh, money to acquire a wife. How many women want to be with a man with no money? All right? There's few exceptions. You'd have to be madly in love, okay? And we'll see how long that lasts. Um, you can't really do anything without money, okay? Uh, don't be too surprised if the Messiah shows up with a lot of money uh, because he's got an inheritance. Now, in Ecclesiastes, it says that money answers all things. Okay? Money answers all things. And uh, that was spoken to an ancient society. Well, look at, look at today. Okay? 
You can't get anything done. It's the money system. You're going to work through the money system. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't care what the Messiah does. He can't just walk around the local neighborhood and work miracles. He actually has to be promoted in the media. The people have to hear it, right? Uh, people would hear rumors about some guy, you know, don't even know who his name is. How are you going to learn his name? It's through the media. If you're halfway around the world, you know, I heard a little bit about that, you know. It's not going to impress you. I said, well, maybe they're not true. How do you know the truth? You know, you've got the only way that you can get through these six skulls, by the way, it doesn't matter whether something's true or false. These people are the most massively distracted people in world history. You have to bang the drum loudly over and over and over again. Now, what you have to do, you have to repeat, whether it's propaganda or whether it's truth, you have to repeat it over and over again. Then they will start to pay attention. Unless that happens, they do not pay attention. They are off in la-la land, virtual la-la land, and we're headed towards virtual la-la land. Um, the way they're headed is that you, you're going to have a standard income, right? Uh, by the way, I mean, there's all these discussions right now about robots re- replacing humans. It's already start, you know, starting with this, um, the burger flipping machine which actually failed, by the way. I know that because I just listened to a podcast. They try to make it better, whether they call it flippy or something like that. And um, people are not even going to be employed. Okay? They'll have a standard income. And what will people do? Well, if you believe some of the science fiction authors, they're going to just be – they're not even going to exercise. They'll just be – look at these people already. The kids don't even go outside. I saw a big thread on Gunlick Productions about a father who talked about his kids are totally addicted to, to gaming. That's all they do. He can't get them to do anything. He can't get them to do chores. Okay? They don't want to go outside. They don't want to play. I mean, he's like worried, stressed out. And other people say it's your fault, and it is his fault. He didn't see it coming, you see. When you're a parent, you need to look into the future uh, just a little ways and go, where are we headed here with this child? Because unless you intervene, you know, protect them and guide them, if you just, uh, what we have today in this liberal society is kind of a hands-off policy. You actually see that with your pastor. He's got a hands-off, but he doesn't get involved in your personal business. He doesn't get in your face. Parents do the same thing. You know, oh, they deserve their privacy in their room. I don't want to go, I feel bad going in there and peeking on them, you know. I feel guilty. Those kind of liberal mothers, you know. These kids are looking at pornography when they're eight, uh, eight years old. They give them a smartphone. Do they do anything at all to protect the child from pornography? You'd be amazed. They've got kids now. <clears throat> I've read about this. They're addicted to pornography when they are eight years old. Addicted to pornography. Okay? And why is this important? Because um, <clears throat> this gives them a view of sexuality. Like with the boys, when they get with the girls, they want to put this stuff into practice. They think this is the way it is. You know, this is the way that you have sex with a girl. What does it have to do with making love love on? You know what I mean? Uh, well, anyway, I don't want to go on all that. But um, <clears throat> once you understand, <clears throat> this, this is a fact, that there was this massive body of knowledge that had to do with Adam. Here's my point, Okay. 
You cannot find this information on the Internet. Is that on the Internet? These uh, YouTubers act as if it is. And they've made all these discoveries, and they actually believe that they are into the truly esoteric. A few things here or there, not not, not very much. Not, Not very much. A few things, okay? Because actually, you have to have revelation. Um, you can, for instance, understand a few basic truths or concepts. You're not going to get the details. It's on lockdown, man. And you know who locked it down? God. Let's go back to that passage in Matthew 17, 11. And what does that say? Elijah will come and restore everything. Okay. Is YouTube going to restore everything? You know what YouTube's trying to do? They're trying to restore everything before Elijah, and they actually think, oh, we've made all these discoveries. You know something? God hasn't even gotten started yet. I'll tell you what God's doing. Let's see how smart they are. Did you know that God has already started? He has. You didn't know that? The reason you don't know that, it's going on in the background. Did you know that? Did you know that God took the prophet Elijah and hid him? From Israel. Jesus talked about that. He said he could have been sent to many widows. He was sent to the Syrophoenician woman. She was a widow. I just told Chuck today, uh, I think it was today, maybe yesterday, what Israel needed was the word of God. They needed a prophet. All right? What did God do? He took the prophet and he hid him. First of all, he hid him out of brook. Then he took him off to live with the widow. Boy, she was privileged. She must have heard some good, she must have had some good conversations. You know what I mean? <clears throat> what was that? It was a punishment. By the way, the way, the reason we don't have access to this knowledge, it's a punishment. Okay? But don't you fool yourself. These people are into what I call false esoterica. It feeds the ego. Oh, I discovered this big secret. I'm special. I mean, stop and think about how many flat earthers are there in my neighborhood. I've never met one before. I'm the illuminated one. And if you actually examine these people closely, you will actually see that what I'm saying is true. They are gleefully in love with their belief system because they identify it with it on a personal level and it feeds their ego. And this is why they want to talk about it. Talk about it. Could you please shut up about the flat earth? Everywhere you go, you've got to talk about it. They call it the flat earth gospel. Everyone needs to know. And people think you're crazy. Keep your mouth shut. That's what I tell people. Don't go on talking on the flat earth. They don't need to know. They, and I, I warn people about this. I've warned, you know, people uh, around me. Like this can happen in your family. It can happen at work. This has happened to me. I'll say a little st- well, let me get going here. Um, when you speak to these people, um, you look at the countenance of their face, and everything is going along here just fine, right? I've talked about this before. And you're going, well, they're looking good, so I'm going to keep talking. Okay? And it, it might be a nice lady at work or something like that on a coffee break, and she's got a big smile on her face, you know? Oh, this is going great. You, you go home, and hey, well, I really let... You know, I really feel good about that conversation. I have a, you know something? She never talks to you again. And this can happen at church. 
and it can happen in your family. And this happened in my family. So I'm going to tell you a funny story, okay? You got a guy out there called Richard Hoagland, and he is, uh, they call him a former NASA consultant, okay? He's come on coast to coast, and this is kind of interesting, Chuck, because um, he used to be a regular guest on there. Now, this is when Art Bell was on there. But something has happened along the way because he doesn't come on the show anymore. I just realized this, okay? <clears throat> anyway, you're going to get psyoped hard in your first two, three, five years of conspiracy research. People don't want to believe that. It's not true. The psyops are already there. It's called bait, okay? And he wrote a book, which I bought, called Monuments on Mars, okay? Now, this is a good example of what is yet to happen on Facebook, or excuse me, uh, YouTube, because they're not, you, Facebook too, they're, they're, not, they're not too bright. Now, here is the deep conspiracist view. Deep, deep conspiracist is a legitimate term because I've never gone into great detail about this, but it is, it is systematically distinct. And there are like certain laws. You want to hear a law? We got one. Here it is. It's virtually impossible to infallibly prove anything with a digital image unless you have certainty about the origin, which means you were there, and I could make a case that even that will not apply. Because the Illuminati can manipulate anything from anywhere right in front of your eyes. And this has something to do with the Mandela effect. And um, we're the only people that I'm aware of that are talking about how the Mandela effect is actually caused by celestial beings. And it's actually what we call magic. And I know for certain that there were only people out there that are saying that your Bible has not been tampered with. Now, I'm talking about people who believe in the Mandela effect. Is anybody out there saying that your Bible has not been tampered with? Nobody wants to believe this. I've already said this before. This is, like, absolutely shocking. Where is this knowledge coming from? <clears throat> Angels. Chuck, let me ask you a question. You there? Chuck? Yeah. Okay. Down here. Okay. Did you hear what I just said? Uh, about yeah. the, uh, okay. I said your Bibles have not been tampered with. Now, I said before that your Bibles have been tampered with. Well, I've got to qualify that. We've got to repeat these things, and this is, stuff is profound. Huh. Is it true or is it not true? Because I'm not certain. Was that information volunteered? Before I pushed the record button, I was talking with Matthew. Uh -huh. These angels bought, they're our friends. We, what we have done. I tell you what, we did not do this. They did it. The angels befriended us. Is that true uh -huh. or is that not true? Did we go searching yeah. for angels? No. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Okay. But I was talking to Matthew. They will volunteer to do things. Mm -hmm. You don't have to ask them. And I've actually got some stuff uh, to talk about here. I was going to do it the first thing out of the, the box. Mm -hmm. 
But um, <clears throat> you, you know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, they, uh, I think that was... He uh, volunteered. He said that um, it's done by magic, uh-huh. and it's an illusion. And people don't Perception. want to hear this because it affects your ego. They go, no, 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 that's not happening to me. Um, this is actually part of the Genesis curse. We're all subject to deception, and the deception we're learning is beyond. Here we go again. See, it's always beyond. You think it's this bad. No, no, it's worse than that. You just don't know that. Why? Because you're deceived too, and you're blind. This is the society of blindness. So you got blind people talking about how they've been enlightened and discovered all these secrets. I'm sorry. You're still blind. Ask yourself the question. Has the prophet showed up and restored everything yet? No. Well, I'm sorry. You're still blind. The reason that you don't think you're blind is because you're comparing yourself with other blind people. You see that? The comparison factor. Oh, all these blind people. I'm glad I'm not like that. You're blind too. You're just less blind. And in the future at some point, we'll be discussing um, the psychosis that develops among people in the conspiracy community, uh, you can actually become mentally ill. Now, Chuck, you and I know a person, okay, that we have determined is now mentally ill, officially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how did they become mentally ill? Uh, through conspiracy theories. Yeah. And beliefs about themselves. Grandiose beliefs, is this true? Mm-hmm. And though that is a form of as a noted form of psychosis. Grandiosity is what it's called. Uh this person, do you believe that he's suffering from uh grandiosity? Yes. Yes. And he's deteriorated. And he's full of himself and he thinks he's discovered all these things and he really has not done anything. It's shocking. And you and I have tried to help this person. Well, what it does is it creates, I could, I know specific people out there. It it creates an egocentric mindset. And it goes back to what I said. This is more important than you think. You become convinced that you are special. Okay? And this is why you have to guard the human heart because the human heart is unruly. And it wants to exalt itself. You see that? Did you know that the human heart is in the self-promotion? And that's your programming, by the way. Did you know that you have pro- – this is funny. It, it, this, it, this has to do with the, uh, the competition programming. As an individual, you don't work as a tribe or a community. Um, you discover everything yourself. You don't need a teacher. You can do it your own self. You see, submitting to a teacher, which is the ancient method – we don't like to do that, do we? If you really had a sincere desire to learn, you wouldn't be poking around the Internet all the time. You'd be seeking out a mentor who already knows these things. But these young people, they want to compare their belief system with yours under the delusion, here we go, their belief system is superior. Did you know this, Chuck? They actually believe this. Yeah. 
And, and the yeah. way you can tell is they don't want to learn from you. Did you know that? They don't want to learn from you on Facebook. They don't want to learn from you on YouTube. They want to promote themselves and their belief system. See why I talk about the ego? Now, you know what these people are? They're deceived. You see that? By their own ego. They're slain by their own ego because they didn't properly examine themselves. Now, what if you're not even a Christian? Well, forget it. Now, <clears throat> I'm thinking of several people in particular. Um, there's a big thread. Uh, I don't want to go into this because I've revealed too much. Um, I won't name, name the psychosis. Okay, but there's a big thread on a large conspiracy site uh, devoted to the fact that this one a conspiracy researcher that I'm talking about is suffering from a particular psychosis. It could be something like a sociopath, you know what I mean? <clears throat> but this person is young and completely full of himself. Okay? He, he thinks he's a philosopher. And he's raised himself up to be a teacher. And he thinks he's at the apex of the conspiracy community. This guy is completely delusional. And I actually think he's dangerous. He actually has, um, except for the ego uh, aspects, he's progressing at a relatively normal rate. I mean, he's doing well. He doesn't understand that it's going to take time. So here's how I explain it to these guys. You know, if you're 25 or you're 30, you ask them a single question. Are you going to learn over the next three decades? Stop thinking about that. This is how you get them. Are you going to learn over the next three decades? What did I say earlier about Jesus? He grew in wisdom, knowledge, understanding. You know, Jesus discovered that he was lacking in knowledge and didn't know things. And that's the truth, whether you like it or not. Okay? And Jesus made mistakes. Now, how many people are going to say, oh, I'm not going to learn over the next three decades? Of course you are. We know what you're going to learn unless there's something wrong. You're going to learn that you're wrong. <clears throat> Hopefully. But you're going to discover new things. That's going to influence your belief system. You are going to make some changes. Do you know what I mean? But see, most people, they get in there too early. They put themselves out in a public format then their ego is identified with their belief system because other people are challenging their belief system. So what you do, you defend your belief system. You go back and forth, back and forth. They do the same thing. They defend their belief system. They attack your belief system. You know, they question you. All right, this is where we're at right now because we're ignoring mentorship and authoritative teachers. Well, you go, Dave, where's the authoritative teachers? Good question. Good question. We're going to give you a break. Uh, we, we really don't have any. All right? Not too many. That's the problem. Okay? But it's still not an excuse. It's natural for them to fall into this because this is their programming. Um, it has to do with individualism. Very important work. Okay? That's almost like a philosophy that they want you to buy in. It has to do with secular humanism. You're the greatest. You see these people walk around in a T-shirt. I'm the greatest. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're in love with themselves, right? The Illuminati, they want you to love yourself. <clears throat> That's what Satan wants you to do. Did you know that the Bible actually teaches 
despising yourself. Some people would disagree with it. No, it doesn't, Dave. No, it doesn't. I mean, you got to read between the lines a little bit. Okay. See, the reason that people don't see this is because they don't have a basic Protestant understanding that they have a deplorable nature. Now, stop and think. How many humans want to believe that they have a deplorable nature? Do people want to believe that? No. It's not a natural desire of a human, is it? That would explain why they don't want to believe it. They want to believe the best about themselves. People want to be happy, and they want to believe in things that make them feel happy. I've talked about before. You can actually explain human nature for that one single thing. People are just seeking pleasure, amusement, um, whatever the, it actually makes them feel good. And so when it comes to ideas and concepts, they do the same thing. Now, you understand that uh, there's a lot of people out there that believe in a flat earth because it feeds their ego. And I'm telling you, it was a psyop from the Illuminati. Here's what God did. God made it clear to a, well, it's a relatively small segment of society, some of the flat earth movement here, okay, that the earth is not a perfect sphere. Okay? God did that. And then Satan comes in there with all these psyops, you see. And uh, they're directed to human ego. You know, you're special. You're one of the elect, that kind of thing, you know. Now, people can come around and say the same thing about us. Hey, you listen to this guy. And they would say that Dave has a psychosis, just like a narcissist. Did you know that narcissists don't identify narcissism in themselves? They see narcissistic um, tendencies in other people. Why? For simple reason. They don't examine themselves, which is interesting because a narcissist is in love with himself. But he's also blind. Okay? He loves to dote on himself and think about how wonderful he is. All right? But he, does, he can't truly examine himself because he's blinded by what? His own ego. His own ego. Remember the story about uh, where narcissism came from? It was some kind of a Greek god or hero or something like that. that I think he was named. Yeah, into, I forget what his name was. Probably yeah. His name was probably similar to the word narcissist or something like that. I don't remember. Um, these people today in this society, uh, they're in love with themselves. Okay? I'm the greatest. And so um, <clears throat> these are the people we got to deal with. So on YouTube, uh, you know, they're in love with themselves. I'm a superhero, you know. Man, look what I know. And no, you just got seduced. You got a few breadcrumbs, though. Okay? Um, if you want to make some progress around here, just go back to the philosophical maxim, we can handle two words in a row. Those two words are know thyself. Okay? 
you're the problem, and you're deceived by your own self, misled. Did you know that your heart will mislead you? Now, when we talk about the heart, it relates to the uh, human mind, okay? I'm not going to get complex here, okay? Uh, people don't really understand the concept of the heart, because that has been lost, too, just like everything else. I said before, in ancient world, the heart was the spiritual center of man. Are they going to tell you that truth? No, they're not going to tell you that truth. No, no they're going to take science and use it to convince you that it's your brain. That was a psyop. Now, I said before, <clears throat> you're not going to get the straight truth by anything significant. So just plug that in and then look at what society says and the experts that speak for society. Look at the common belief in any particular category and draw this conclusion. That must be false by necessity unless there's some exceptions where God has not allowed it to be corrupted. I'll name an exception. Okay? Uh, in the ancient world, there was a seven-day week. I cannot prove that. You know who we have to trust for that information? The medieval Roman Catholic Church. You're always trusting somebody for information. I was just telling my housemate that today, too. Once you go far back enough in history, you're trusting somebody. Who are you trusting? Well, typically, <laughs> you're trusting the medieval Roman Catholic Church, which actually acts as a filter because all this information passed through it because they, had, they were sitting on it all. Okay? Now, the truth that we have is from God. And God said, you know, you're not going to allow that to be corrupted. Hands off. Yeah, the devil will actually dribble that down. And you, you know, I can't do that. You know, I want to, but I don't have, I don't have permission. You know, we talked about recently this revelation. <clears throat> At the very apex of hierarchy, there's a secret subterranean matriarchy. I'm assuming they're subterranean, by the way. I didn't, I didn't ask that. Remember me asking that? That was always, already my position. And I had um, flip-flopped on that. I, I, I believed in the matriarchal thing way back. I don't, it might even be in the, in the, before I got on the internet. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. I don't remember. Uh, but then I lost confidence in it. But then I went back to it. But I didn't have revelation. Hold it. I think I think I I think I ran a check on that to Lisa and Connie. I don't I don't remember. But that's what I'm convinced. But anyway, Satan would say to them, because they can know I don't have permission. He's not going to admit it to the. Uh, the money grubbers at the bottom. The ones that he, he wants to convince, oh, we're going to overthrow God. Yeah, we're going to ascend into heaven. We're going to break through the firmament. <laughs> right? Uh, what should I say about that? I was going to mention Johnny. <laughs> Johnny's a friend of mine, okay? He thinks that he's hearing reverse speech. <clears throat> that the Illuminati wants to break through the firmament. And I said, uh, actually destroy the firmament. And I said, no. Uh, God doesn't permit that kind of thing. And by the way, uh, if we don't talk about this tonight, we'll talk about it maybe next week. We're going to talk about the dark moon. NASA 
just landed on the dark moon. They haven't landed on the uh, the regular moon because God won't let them. You ever hear anybody tell you that? Where do we get that information from? Angels. Where else are you going to get it from? Are you going to find that on uh, YouTube? No. It's just a theory anyway. I mean, you couldn't prove anything. I'm just telling you. Remember, Chuck, you actually said we we blow it up. I said right. before I said before the show, I was talking to Matthew. So these angels befriended us, okay? And they speak like humans. And they use contemporary language. Because they're going, you're thinking biblically. You're going, you know, you're looking at all, you're scanning all the biblical texts that have to do with what's called an angelophany, an appearance of an angel. And you're saying, you got a big frown on your face, Mr. Bibliocentric. Angels don't speak like that. That's not biblical. Blow up. That's from the devil. <laughs> That's Mr. Bibliocentric. He thinks that everything important is in the Bible somewhere. That's a great psyop. Because that will convince you that um, that's your whole reality is the Bible. You see that? There's nothing significant to know uh, about the larger reality uh, outside the Bible. It's, it's everything in the Bible. God gave us everything we need to know. Do you know how many conservative Christians believe that? That's absolutely my problem. You realize how incredibly simple-minded that is? Do any of these people, over the course of their life, one single time, think about all the knowledge that Adam had, which is now gone? You know, where did it go? Do they think about that? No. No. I just want to tell you, most people are not thinking, okay, like creatively thinking, what they do is they examine information that is set in their lap. I said before, you know, the banquet is all prepared. You know who prepared that banquet? Satan. How does the information get distributed? Through the Illuminati, through the media. It's all laid out there. Now, you think it might be on YouTube? That's a dumb question. It's false esoterica. There's all kinds of false cosmological secrets. They feed your ego. Oh, you discovered this. How do you know? You know what I mean? You don't even have the ability to know if it's true, even if you do believe it. You don't have access to that kind of knowledge. For some reason, they have a false epistemology. That's, that's the fundamental reason. But for some reason, they, they believe that they do have access to this knowledge. Uh, Christians commonly fall into this mindset. Because they believe that God is just rolling out the troops. He doesn't want to hold anything back. He wants to bless everyone. And if you can't receive it, if there's something wrong with you spiritually. Some kind of spiritual defect. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. God wants to bless everyone, right? It's a simple message. <laughs> it's like a sermon for the idiocracy, you know. Can we please go to Romans 9? And it says, uh, Esau, I hated. Okay. It doesn't sound like favor to me. Right? Oh, I just want to bless Enoch. You know. God allowed Jacob to lie and steal away his heritage. Did God intervene? No. Did God want to bless uh, Esau? No, he wanted to bless Jacob the liar. Jacob the liar. He favored Jacob the liar over Esau. 
the elder brother. He was the firstborn. Okay? God works in strange ways. And um, you know where Israel came from? <clears throat> Jacob the liar. <laughs> and I think there's some reason for all that. But it's not clearly outlined in the Bible, is it? There's another thing that's not in the Bible. Anyway, um, we've got to be careful here. I'm talking to myself here because uh, last week I just went on and on and on. When you restart a podcast like that, if you're waiting for it to end, like we traditionally do, you'll be up all night. I was up talking till 2 o'clock at night last week. And I was burnt out. Are you there, Chuck? Yeah, I'm here. What time is it uh, at your end? Uh, quarter to two. All right. How's your energy level? Pretty low. Pretty low. I'm just about, yeah, I'm about ready to leave. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, quarter to three for me, and I'm I still hang in there for about an hour, and that's all you'll get out of me. Yeah. Okay, here's a couple things that I want to say. I want to say this now because last week I talked about, I went into quite a bit of detail about being psyoped at a store. Remember that? Uh-huh. Well, guess what happened? I, I, didn't even tell, I haven't even told you this. No. I went to the store and I got psyoped. Now, I called you up uh-huh. and I asked for, I got suspicious. I got Asked for revelation because I wasn't sure. I really didn't know, and I determined that I probably couldn't know on my own. You see that? I'm admitting I cannot do this. These people on YouTube, I can do it. We can do it. We can restore the true cosmology. You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to restore the true cosmology without Elijah. Now I exposed them, didn't I? Do you think that God's going to allow that according to what Scripture says? No. Therefore, by necessity, that cosmology, at the very best, it has major, major defects. Ask yourself this question. Did these people discover the defects yet? No. They're stuck in the mode, ego programming, they're defending their belief system gleefully. We've discovered the truth. The earth is flat. And all the different things that we say about the flat earth are true. Discovered it all. Okay? Uh, no. Um, just got a big ego. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I asked you the question, did I get psyop last night? Remember that, Chuck? <laughs> Um, was that the store? Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. store. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that I got psyoped. No, I didn't think but that I, I, did, I did get psyoped. Now, they sent a person to me that had already previously appeared in the store, and we were told that this person was sent. Okay? So I just bought something. And uh, I looked up, and this person was standing right in front of me. Of 
there's a lot of people in this store. And the person that was right in front of me was the person uh, we're concerned about here. And I went into the big thing with Chuck about, you know, the mathematical odds of all that. They, they took this person and they put this person right in front of me. You know what I mean? I looked up, bam. You know what I mean? So I observed this person, and this person showed no signs whatsoever of my presence. So I'm going, oh, okay. Then I got suspicious that it was all an act. Now, the reason I'm <laughs> telling you this is do you really think that after I spent all that time last week talking about being psyop at a store, I talked about two different stores. And the last time that I was psyop, it's actually a form of gang stalking, but this is different because there's no real gang. You know what I mean? It's uh, what's called street theater. Street theater. Okay? They're acting out some kind of little drama or something. They want to get your attention. That's why the person standing right in front of me. They wanted me to see this person. Okay? Now, the person was a woman. That's why I keep saying, yeah, it's no big deal. Okay? I mean, supposedly, what, what do people believe? They believe that half the people are male and the other half are female. So, okay, half of them are female. Okay? And, uh, but they wanted me to see her. And I kept my eyes on her. And she never even looked at me. Okay? So I went away thinking, oh, wonder if she even knew I was there. But then I started analyzing it, and I got a hold of it here. I think I got psyoped, and I did. Uh, this girl was actually told, you know, don't, don't look at him. Act like, you know, you're totally clueless, right? <clears throat> now, like I said, the reason I bring this up, because what was I talking about last week? being psyoped at a store, and the last time they psyoped me, it was actually at a store. So the very next week, we have a tradition of this on the show, by the way. I will talk about something on the show, and then they will do something right after that. This has happened over and over and over again, and I'll come on the show and talk about it. So they're monitoring this podcast. All right? And here's what they did. Now, Chuck, you know this perfectly well. You've seen enough evidence for this. I'm monitored 24-7. Okay? So when I stepped out of my house, ding, ding, ding. Okay? They got to head down to the store. And I actually analyzed this, and I go, wow. They did a really good job with the timing. Because the girl was putting away uh, groceries, She'd already gone through the line. Well, she had to time that, you see. I was getting something off to the side, and they had this, I don't know, it's kind of like a see-through door type thing, you know, like they have at a mall. And it was already closed. It was like closing time. And I was coming out of there. Bam, she's right in front of me. So they psyoped me because I talked about being psyoped at a store last week. And in order to pull that stunt off, they had to know when I was leaving the house. Like I told you the story a long time ago. Uh, The first UFO movie I watched, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. The first time I watched a UFO uh, UFO movie, I went out for a late night walk, which is very stupid. And... um, 
They were right there. And a UFO showed up over a meadow on the same street that my whole family saw UFOs, uh, like six of them, sober discs, way back in 1966. That was in Tacoma. And back then, believe it or not, I know it seems incredible, they used to put reports of UFOs, Chuck, on the left side of the front page, individual Mm. reports. This person has seen one. That person. Can you believe it? Now, what does that tell you about our media? Mm. Is it becoming freer? No. You can't even tell what's true anymore. Once they insert a significant amount of fake news, it's all destroyed. Uh, you have the burden of spending all this time trying to figure out what is true and what isn't. Nobody has enough time. I don't have enough time. Did you know I'm a full-time researcher? Yeah, I don't have enough time. And I don't even care, even if I did, because it's discouraging. <clears throat> and a lot of times you don't really know. So Connie put this picture up there on my Facebook did you see that video? And uh, that is the kind of thing that you cannot determine with any kind of certainty. But, you know, digital image. Now, <clears throat> I want to say this a little bit more, but on YouTube, these people are building a career about analyzing digital images. Now, what did I tell you about the deep conspiracist view? You can do that if you want but you don't have certainty by anything. Now, once you understand that, okay, that's like an inviolable law. You actually lose interest in doing that kind of thing, which I have. It kind of piques my interest, you know, could this be true? And Chuck, what we've done, we've tried to get revelation because that's the only thing you can do. Remember that one object that we saw? Oh, yes. So they have all these fake pictures out there of Nibiru, you know, Planet X, right? And um, it's, this has to do with the dark sun. There's a dark sun. That's what, that's what Nibiru is. Well, that's what you want to call it. Nemesis. It's Satan's star. Now, you don't hear that truth, do you? Oh, no. Why? Sacred? Sacred? That's our religion. We don't give, we don't give you sacred truth. So on YouTube, have they discovered Satan's star? Well, actually, I I got into specific searches. And there are people saying something like that in a dumbed-down way. It's not like there's nobody, you know what I mean? Satan's planet. I think there were some people saying that Nibiru is Satan's planet. Well, that's basically true. It's not correct terminology, but it's the same object. Okay, so that was the, the sign-up of the week. I want to say that um, after I took the MMS, I started to um, remember my dreams. Remember me saying that? Are you still there, Chuck? Yeah, I remember. Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. so you've got an angel that mm-hmm. you've interacted with. She's female. Mm-hmm. This has to do. I want to give people to, uh, an opportunity to see here that they. Well, I was talking about this before the show. It's too bad that people didn't hear that. I was talking about these different things these angels have volunteered to do because they are they are friends. We don't have mm-hmm. to ask them all the time. They volunteer. 
Mm-hmm. It wasn't it. It was, it was Melissa. She didn't she volunteer to. Um, there was a blockage, like an etheric blockage yes. at my yes. end. And uh, she volunteered. Now I believe that she probably did not just do the spontaneous. I think she was probably told to do it. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know that. Maybe it was all at her end. And God just said, um, yeah. I think we asked, actually. Even Didn't we ask if she could help or something? Yeah, well, I asked, after she did that, I asked her to help me, uh, actually, with my right. eyesight, didn't I? And oh, guess no, what? yes. My eyesight got better. Also, I have kind of a, I don't know what to call it. I guess you'd call it like a sinus problem. My my my, my nose is not uh, clogged or anything, but it has uh, too much moisture in it. And uh, I kind of have to blow my nose and stuff like that every once in a while. It gets kind of runny. You can, sometimes you can actually hear it on the show. And uh, she, well, I got suspicious that the angels did something because it went away. And there's also something else I have to talk to you about, but that's not talked about right now. I don't want to do it right now on the air. There's something else that happened to me. I'm just going, whoa. And i got to ask about that. See, there's improvements. They actually work on our bodies. And I'm not saying they don't work on your bodies. I don't know. But angels do help people when you're sleeping. And so anyway... See how I just did that with my nose? You see that? Mm-hmm. Uh, but she uh, she helped my eyesight, but she, she volunteered to remove some kind of etheric blockage. Okay, at my end? Right. You could theorize that it might have to do with your um, brow vortex. That's what I call it, brow vortex. Okay. okay. Trying to avoid the new, new age terminology. But what happened? We're trying to get people to understand. These yeah. angels are doing things. They're impacting the physical realm. This is not our yes. imagination. People are changing physically. Physically. Now, when Dustin gets on here, I'd like to do an Azra show where all we do is talk about Azra the entire show. You, me, and mm-hmm. Connie. At some point along the way, if people don't conclude that we're crazy or delusional or agents on the payroll, it will click with each individual, my God, these people actually are talking to her because we know too mm-hmm. much. We know her personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. The good and the bad. Yeah. There's not no all. One like, uh, no one like Azra, is there, you know? <laughs> no, not all. <laughs> but guess what Azra did? Is it true or is it not true that she volunteered? Now, Dustin also had a sinus problem. He had congestion. I don't have congestion. He had it in one nostril. He's going to come on here and tell a story. Mm-hmm. Azra visited him and actually gave him a visual of a black spider leaving his nose. Yeah, right. And right. Um, later we found out what that – at first I didn't think about the black spider. But I got suspicious later that it actually symbolized something tangible, and it was negative. You know, black mm-hmm. spider, because she likes to use symbology. Sure enough, that was true. 
it, I think it had to do with nanotech or something. The garbage in the chemtrails is affecting all kinds of people. In fact, there's a possibility that the reason my nose drips the way it is is because of the bad air. It affects people differently, you know. If one person will have congestion, other people can kind of have a runny nose, you know what I mean? See, I just did it. See that? Okay. <clears throat> she physically healed him, and he's going to come on and talk about this. This is real, folks. This is real. It's not fake. Okay, so anyway, she visited me and removed this blockage. And what happened right after that, Chuck? I acquired telepathic abilities. Yeah, right, right, right. I didn't even make the connection until later and actually put telepathy right in the podcast title. And what happened after that? Then I started to hear from these elves. Not a whole lot. How many? Two. Mm-hmm. Two. I had heard from an elf before. I know you're supposed to have an automatic laugh. Reflex. In accordance with your programming. Okay? And I know that what I said sounds even more funnier. You're just laughing all the way through. Yeah. Because this is not a part of your reality, you see. Well, the true reality is all covered up. It has much more to do with the magical world of Disney than it does to what they tell you in science. Right, Chuck? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that true or do you think that's an exaggeration? That's absolutely true. It's uh, it's almost like your mind your mind shuts it off, you know, because uh-huh. of science and our programming. So you you can't go one that far. One of the purposes of science is to shut down the wonderful world of God the wonderful world that God created, and make it, I've already talked about this, there's, there's a, I call it the boring conspiracy. I was taught my house mate today how there's a conspiracy to waste your time. It's not a theory, because the traffic lights work differently uh, in the ghetto than they do in uh, where the rich people live. Is that a conspiracy theory? No, it's not. It's a conspiracy fact. Well, guess what? That's how this whole society runs. They've got, by the way, it's an AI that does it now. The AI is programmed, though. So they're behind the AI. But it takes care of all the hands-on type stuff. These little irritations, you need to start figuring out, this is from the machine. The people are in denial. Now, one of the most obvious things, and people are talking about this like on Coast to Coast AM, even guests are talking about Chuck. Okay? That they will all have a phone conversation and then they will get hit with advertising immediately. You, you think that there might be some relationship? You better believe there is. Yeah, yeah. Especially when it's something obscure. I remember, um, was it Barb? I think it was her. I don't want to put words in my mouth. Uh, we were talking about um, millets. Okay, now ask yourself the question. Have you ever seen an advertisement for millet ever? Some of the listeners, you know what I mean? Ever. <laughs> no, never, never. No, no, no. I, I haven't. Why after that, she, I don't know, the next day, I don't know what happened. She sees an advertisement for millet. But hold it now. Where do we talk about millet? On this show. What does that tell you? Well, 
my phone is monitored, right? So I'm doing the show is on the phone, but everybody's phone is monitored. And people are coming with all these weird things that their phones are doing. I'm talking about their phone will start talking. You know what I mean? And you go, hey, you're not supposed to say that, you know? <laughs> I, we, there's lots of stories I want to go on right now. Anyway, um, yeah, we talked a lot about yesterday, last week. Uh, we'll talk about yesterday again. Uh, yesterday we had a phone conversation with Dustin, right? And is it true that he said that he is now hearing telepathically from your spirit and my spirit? Yeah. Remember when Connie used to tell me she'd be in the shower and she'd hear from my spirit? I wouldn't hear anything. I go, what's that like? I don't understand it. How can your spirit speak? How can it speak independently of me? I didn't have anything to do. I don't remember this, right? Your spirit right. can act independently. Now, this is there's one of two possibilities. Your spirit either has a completely different mind. Now, remember, this is what goes out into the realm at night. Uh-huh. And uh, when people say that I remember their my dream, Basically, everybody dreams, but only a few people remember it. Yeah, right, 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 right. That, that's very that. important. And it took me a while to figure that out. Is that in your yeah. Bible, by the way? Let's stop and think about that. That, that. that is either true or is it not? Okay, here's what are we talking about? Talking, does the spirit, does everyone's spirits or anybody's spirits leave the body when you sleep? Yes or no? Okay. We're going to go to the Bible. Everything is in the Bible, right? So where's the verse no. for that? You got the verse? There's no verse about that. No, no. But Christians, and this is a sign-up directed at their mind, they will determine it's not true because it's not in my Bible. Now, why do they do that? I already told you. They're sign-ups into believing that everything is important is in the Bible somewhere. Good God. See, this... Chuck, this is the eternal word of God. Did you know that conservative Protestants teach that this is all you get for all eternity? What you already got. Did you know that? It's called a closed canon. Do you know that they actually teach that the Bible will never be updated for all eternity? You know what this is? called bibliolatry. What is bibliolatry? It's getting the Bible in the way of God. Mm-hmm. Where you overly focus on the Bible instead of your relationship with God. Now, I'll tell you why people do that. <clears throat> I've thought about this. It's because of lost knowledge. God has stripped us of so many things. You're just staggering around. People don't even know. They think, oh, we got this bountiful blessing of truth. Give me a break. Okay, so what's the major thing that we still have surviving from God? Let's turn you around the face. The Bible. And that is why. First, let's think about the second thing. You know, tangible. You can pick up. What's the second thing that God has left us? Um, good question. There really isn't anything, is there? So this is why people fixate. Now, not everybody does this. I mean, you've got Christians who ignore the Bible, right? But... Um, <clears throat> They're not bibliocentric. They're television-centric. 
Uh, they'll talk about the good old Bible. Yeah, the good old Bible that you don't open up very often. Oh, we open it up when we go to church and get that Bible. I like to they take pride in bringing a Bible. You know, actually, you know, we're kind of moving beyond the Bible as a book. And what are we doing? We're moving to electronics. Right? So more and more people, obviously, you go to make make a church. This would be an interesting trend. You had to Google this. <clears throat> I bet it is becoming uncool in these mega churches. I could be wrong. It vary from mega church to mega church. Maybe it's already passed me by. I don't know it because I don't go to these churches. People don't bring Bibles anymore. They bring a little. Uh, well, they just bring your phone, right? That's your Bible. You get a little Bible app on there. Right? You don't bring a book anymore. Anyway, I, mean, I don't have a big problem with that. You know, I don't think you have to. You know, stick with the book, uh, you know, with the pages. Uh, what's important is the information. The information is still there. All right. So anyway, Dustin, um, there's all kinds of wonderful things happen with Dustin, but I want to – he's hearing from his angel. That, that's the big development, actually. It doesn't sound as impressive, but that's, that's what's most important. But Chad is hearing from his angel. Other people are hearing and uh, what I wanted to do tonight, I don't have enough time, is to talk about the amazing subject that your wife is interacting with fairies. Yeah. And yeah. I, you may be slightly embarrassed about this, but I told Matthew before we pushed the record button that you were actually visited by a fairy queen. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason that you would be somewhat embarrassed is just because of one simple, simple word. Remember, we're talking about the entire English language is weaponized. So what does right. the average right. citizen in the idiocracy think when they hear the word fairy? Yeah. Remember I talked about what was the reaction in the 20th century when somebody heard the term flat earth? They would laugh, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. They didn't become angry. That was the most ludicrous thing that you ever heard. <laughs> There's yeah. people. This is, they would always say this. They always say the same thing. There, did you know that there's people out there who actually believe the earth is flat? That's what they would say over and over again in wonder. You've got to be kidding me. There's actually people. You know, because when you're young, you don't know that. You grow up and you actually discover there's actually people. Yeah, they call it a flat earth society. You know who created the flat earth society, by the way? Illuminati. The flat earthers actually know that, by the way. They know that's a psyop. There's a lot of people there. Uh, they got a big internet forum. Most of those people, they don't have nothing to do with them. They're just regular people. You know what that is? The sheepfold. Okay? Satan creates all these sheepfolds, and he creates the Pied Pipers. Alex Jones is a Pied Piper. Mm-hmm. He wants you in the Patriot sheepfold, and they're going to push your emotional buttons, in the future, and you'll go out and destroy yourself. Get a gun and take this country back, and then you'll be destroyed. Yeah, yeah. and you'll be, they'll be through with you. They don't have God's permission yet, but they're setting you can see the building blocks. Now, these people are blind because they have an emotional identification with what? The patriot movement. Or it could be, I'm a survivalist. And you actually identify as that. I'm, I'm proud. and you know, got my motorcycle. and I'm all prepared. 
What's wrong with you? You know what I mean? They think that they're superior to you because you haven't prepared. They think Uh you're a moron. They're proud of all the work that they did preparing. Watch what happens to these people. I'll tell you, I'll make it simple, okay? The people that make it on the exodus, those are the people that are going to be taken care of. And who's going to take care of them? God. He's going to take care of every one of them. Now, the people that are left behind, good luck for you. They know exactly where you're at, and they're coming to get you. And they've already told you. They're going to take what you stored up, and they're going to distribute it, probably to a foreign uh, military, which are already here, by the way. They've been here for a long time. The only thing you do is that I actually asked the revelation. I didn't know for sure. You know what I mean? They got a base down there in Texas where everybody on there is like a Russian. They got another one in California. And you go, is that a rumor? I don't know for sure. We actually asked about that one time. I don't know if you remember that was quite a while back. And we just got a simple yes. There you go. Oh, yeah. They're already here, man. And they're just waiting, you know. You know, it's just like you hear all these stories about all these um, Chinese uh, right on the Mexican border. Military. Now, I do not believe these stories because I have no reason to, but I wonder, and I've never asked about that one. So I don't know. I don't know. Because um, they create all kinds of um, false stories for the purpose of fear-mongering. And boy, do they ever specialize in creating fear-mongering propaganda for conspiracy theorists. These guys are already paranoid. You know what I mean? Of course, they're going to hit them up big time. But... <laughs> Like I said, all these little information packets are designed to deceive you and typically feed your ego. I discovered the truth. You want to believe you discovered the truth, move on. You know, fit it into your belief system. And then look for something else to fit into your belief system because you already figured that out. You didn't even figure that out. That was false. You got to back up. See, what you have to do over and over, you have to keep backing up so you can go forward. You know, one step back, two, they don't do that. They just keep marching forward. You know, we've figured out the whole flat earth cosmology. It's all figured out. It's not, you know, we figured it out already. He didn't. You know why? God hasn't revealed it yet. Matthew 17, 11. Elijah will come and restore what? Everything. All things. Does that have to do with cosmology? Well, yeah. Even flat earthers will admit it was hidden. The people didn't know, you know, but now we know. And uh, <clears throat> that is actually one of the major things that God has revealed, because I give him the credit, so far. And what is that? It's not that the earth is flat. No, no, no. I didn't reveal that. But God revealed the earth is not a perfect sphere. You've been had. <laughs> He's um, kind of priming the pump for what's coming. He is making some uh, kind of secondary inroads into the human mind. Check this out. To actually prepare them for what's coming. Prepare them. This is preparatory work. Flat Earth movement, oh, we already got it all figured out. Oh. Oh. No, God's preparing you. You see how the ego has to do with it? 
they've fallen in love with what they presently know, which is what God has currently revealed. Okay? need to go talk to an elf. I said earlier on the show, Jeff, did all the elves know? Mm-hmm. And I, I, this is what I said. I said all non-human entities know the true shape of the earth. That, that's actually a truism. It may not be self-evident to everyone. If you knew that, and you weren't deceived by your own ego, you know, you weren't convinced, we've got it figured out. See, they stopped seeking. They're in the defense mode. Defend, 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 defend the flat earth. You know what I mean? Oh, no, you're still supposed to be seeking and deconstructing your cosmology uh, until the day you die. Because you don't have certainty, because you don't have revelation. You have to have revelation. So if you knew that one truism, that all non-human entities know the true shape of the earth, then you would be trying to um, access that knowledge. Is that what they're doing? No. They believe that they can determine the true shape without that. And that's false. Because God's not revealing it that way. Now, we actually believe that God is using these non... I'm talking about we'll go into this later, non-human entities that are not angels. This has already started. We had a a working relationship with these entities in the past, and God separated us because of human devolution and deterioration of the human heart, just like he started shutting down polygamy, because creatures are going to get hurt. You see that? So he does it for the benefit of the whole. All right, well, hopefully we can get Dustin on here to talk about his updates. Yeah, yeah, we will. I was trying to get Chad on here because uh, he had a – what we do is we – these entities that we speak with – the reason I say entities is because they're not all angels, they're not all human spirits. So who are we talking about? Well, it's not just one group, see. This is not simple. I'll just say entities. Because that's kind of a neutral word anyway. You don't really emotionally react to that word. I like it, okay? Entities. And um, we will uh, be speaking to an entity, and then we'll have that entity say hi to somebody else. And it's fun. I like, I'm the one that likes to do this. I kind of came up with it. Yesterday, I had Emma talk to uh, Chuck. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I wanted her to uh, express herself, you know, any concerns that she had. Now, look right there. Obviously, we've got some kind of relationship here. I actually wanted, you know, it was kind of like, you know, Emma, you want to gripe about something or complain or remember the, remember the question? I said, how, how, how are we doing? And she said, you guys are doing good. Remember that? Mm-hmm. 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 How are we coming along? You know, I mean, really speak your mind, you know. Um, this is kind of funny, but um, <clears throat> well, this is funny because an elf told you this. <laughs> uh, a female elf. She called mm-hmm. you a, um, a buzz dumb. Do you want to explain no, that? Um, now, is it true or is it not true that pr- from the perspective of an elf? Now we're got to step back a little bit. 
we talked about human devolution and how it relates to elves and humans, and uh, humans have devolved at a more rapid rate. We were mm-hmm. superior to elves across the board. Well, I would think there's certain categories. Like they have the ability to shapeshift. Okay, but isn't it true that they don't have all this lost knowledge? They didn't lose it. They still have it. They don't have any propaganda. Now, I'm talking about these elves that we're interacting yeah. with because I, I, we, there's dark elves out there. I don't know what their kingdoms are like, so they can have propaganda. Yeah, the term buzzdom is uh, basically our... Uh, as human knowledge, we lost our we lost our knowledge of the spiritual realm. Your audio is still yeah. from me. Uh, we, there you go. Buzzdom. I think he uses that term buzzdom. That because uh, we uh, we lost our knowledge of the spiritual realm, so we have a very humane, uh, humanitarian, hum, uh, human type of reasoning and uh, yeah. programming, and so. Or a buzz dumb when it comes down to these different realms or spirituality that uh, everybody that these other entities they still have it we don't have it so we're yeah. children we're children to them and it's kind of funny to them actually and they understand it though you know? well here's the, here's the way you illustrate this you ask a person they can be a Christian or not uh, what do you know about the elfin realm mm-hmm. silence what this question does, it illustrates that uh, actually you don't know anything. I say, well, the elves are there. Okay, we'll give you that one. Anything else? You know what I mean? We don't know anything. So, yeah, we're completely ignorant of these realms. You have to visit them. And then when you go there, you're thinking like a human. You're, you know what I mean? And that's right. what they're talking about. It's completely different than human thinking. You're trying. Here's what you're trying to do. You're trying to process this realm and the things within it through human reasoning and based on your human experience. Exactly. Uh, good luck with that one. Because like everything yeah. is, it's, everything's all different. It's like what? In front of down the line, I was like, you got to be kidding me. You know what I mean? It, everything's different. Yeah. It's not like yeah. um, Earth realm at all. It's just and you got much variety. You see that he makes things. Completely different. It, lots of variety. That's a good thing, right? <clears throat> the Illuminati, they make everything boring. You know I mean? Because they don't want your mind to be stimulated. Got it? There you go. And that would encourage you to seek things. Okay. It would, you know, make you excited. They don't want you to get excited. They want you to be bored. That way you're easier to manage. Um, Basically, these spirits are taking us out into these realms and showing us things as guides. Uh, we just learned, I just asked a question, what was it, two days ago, Chuck, or three days ago? Why do they want us to go to these realms? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's an interesting question. Because they're teaching us things. It's like initiation. I forget the words that your angel used. He didn't use initiation, but that's the word that I had. It, it's um, like learning, teaching, 
I don't remember the other word he said. Yeah. Uh, but this is week after week. And, uh, you know, I look back, Chuck, like a year ago, how ignorant I was. Just think about that yourself. You go, oh, my God, I could never go back. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And yet here I had studied full-time for 25 years. We're learning so much in just like a couple months. Yeah. Now, this is experiential knowledge, a lot of it. Okay? Well, well, and it's a privilege. It's a gift from God, and it's going to be more widely distributed. Um, eventually, these creatures will be reconciled with mankind in the restoration. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Well, I was, you know, we always talk in the show, and we've been talking about this for the last year or two, how things are ramping up quicker and quicker and quicker. And yeah, and it's really ramping up. I mean, it just keeps on accelerating. It has not slowed down since we started talking about that a couple of years ago. It actually, no, it's accelerated. Yeah, we thought two years ago it was pretty heavy. You know what I mean? And then it's it, heavier, 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 and quicker and quicker. Now, you know, we yeah. were talking last last week or last two weeks. It's been daily. You know, which is just un I mean, heavy revelations, heavy heavy knowledge daily now, you know. They're staggering. And uh yeah, it's almost like and I think you're like me too. It came so quick and I'm boy, I'm going back thirty years ago or plus when I was uh when I had my realization when I uh when I uh I will just use the term born again or born from above, you know, it came on too much, I had to say stop, just you know, give me a break here, you know what I mean? It came in so quick. It's like it comes in so quick, I think I, I physically and mentally have to shut down for 24 hours sometimes, you know, or 12 hours or whatever. Otherwise, it just keeps on going. You know, well, they do give you days and, off, you know, so they give you breaks. They can tell when you're getting on overload. Yeah, I mean, you got to just to sit back and process it, you know. But isn't it true that they will dump enough on you to bring you right to the brink of what you you, you can handle? I mean, you could really really couldn't handle much more. And then I think when you go to sleep, I noticed this with Connie and Lisa years ago. Um, the angels will work on you to enable you to yeah. digest that. You can tell when you wake up, you got a whole new perspective, and then it's off for another data dump. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm on such information overload. I have to, When I t- talk to Chuck on the phone, I have to r- gradually remember what was revealed to me the previous day. Is that true or is it not true? Yeah, yeah, same, out, same here. Yeah, it comes out in the conversation when I converse with you. It stimulates my mind to go, oh, yeah. And, and I do this over and over. I go, oh, yeah, last night they showed me, right? I know, yeah, yeah. People have no I forget idea about how, it much, too. how much information is being thrown at us. Now, how, do you, how much information do you think is going to pile up over the course of a year? Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah. And um, before we push the record button, I was talking to Matthew about how I am literally embarrassed about this podcast because I know that people can't process it. Uh-huh. That's an acquired ability. You'd have to hang around here for a while and then kind of have a trust relationship with us. Um, and I back it up. Mm-hmm. Does Dave post links to his podcast no, no. on Facebook? Do I promote? I don't. You know, here's the thing. Last time I was on fakeologist.com, fakeologist radio, uh, they asked me a question right, right out of the box. And I said, uh, I don't uh, recommend this podcast. Those were my words. And I back it up. Okay? 
And I told Matthew that, that the day after we talk, like this kind of stuff, uh, I'm fine for the night. But the next day, I start doubting myself that I said too much, you know, it's too heavy, too far out there. And we were told one time by a higher angel than your angel to keep it at that level. Yeah, right. You don't want to go too far because they can't, uh, they can't, they can't process it. Exactly. And so anyway, but then your angel, when I was out in the park, he said, um, you can open it up now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So that's what, if, he, if he hadn't done that, we would not be doing this. Right, right. And I'm well, still kind of queasy about the whole thing because in this society, everyone, like I already said this, everyone is programmed to reject everything that we're talking about, 100% rejection. Oh, I, I think uh, some major things And to believe happened. we're nuts and believe we're nuts. Go ahead. Well, I think some major things have happened, okay? Um, some major – God's made some major – opened some major things up or taken care of. Some major, some major things have happened. Uh, well, you know, and, and what you just said here, it's kind of interesting. It's like we talk about how the world is idiocracy, how people are lost, how people don't even know they're lost. They don't even know they're idiots, you know. Um, um, so it's like, all right, let's – you know – let's throw some truth out there and see what happens. It's like, you know, it's past the point of even caring what, uh, it, how do you say it? It's either um, throw the truth out there and it's going to stick somewhere or it's not. And I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there, these YouTubers and whatever saying a lot more crazier things than we're saying. But our, the truth is that we're getting, we, you know, maybe it's just our humanism thinking that uh, protecting ourselves still or whatever, it, it just doesn't matter anymore. It, it doesn't matter what these people, does it matter what these people think of us, Dave? How's that sound? But Chuck, you know I've I mean? always said that I will open up um, after the signs and wonders start. Yeah. I, I told Matthew yeah. that before we pushed the record button. That's always been my plan. I'm just waiting yeah. for the time. And uh, the reason I'm doing this now, because the angel said, go ahead. It doesn't matter. Anymore. Well, see, I got a and feeling that's the next. That's the next step out of his. We were just talking about how some of the stuff is manifesting in the physical. You know what I mean? Physical things are happening. Dustin's yeah, nose. Actually, uh, yeah. You know, it's like I think that's beginning. The beginning of the signs and wonders is starting. Is is just beginning? Okay, is my opinion. What and I remember see. everybody who, who who said that. You know, we talk about Azra. If people cannot relate to that name, that's an esoteric name, and they go, "What in the heck is this? What is this?" Yeah. What? Yeah. How these guys were Christians? You know, uh-huh. that was her. That was her. The goddess of a thousand names. We have uh-huh. a working, it's one thing to say a relationship. It's another thing to say a working relationship. Do we have a working relationship with her? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she has basically told me that I'm her publicist. Mm-hmm. Why? Look around. First of all, is there anybody in Christianity talking about her? Give me a break. No, no. Is no. there anybody else talking about her the way that we talk about it? No, there is not. There is oh. You know, you want, the people, you know, these goddess worshipers in the New Age movement, or they can be feminists too. Do they uh-huh. have any revelation? They don't have any revelation. No, have they don't. To have rev- if you're going to have knowledge about these beings, I got to tell you right now, the Bible does not say very much about the nature of these beings. 
No. It has these short little tales of angelophanies. Did you know the Bible doesn't even tell you that much about heaven or hell? Mm-hmm. Right. Either one of them. And that doesn't mean that the people didn't know because you're you're trying to, you know, base everything on the Bible. The Bible, look, at, you realize how incredibly simplistic and brief Genesis 1 through 11 is. And people are satisfied with that. That's good enough for them. God revealed, this is what they believe. Everything that we need to know about that time, God revealed in Genesis 1 through 11. We're, we lack nothing. Did you know that people have to believe this? Are they seeking anything beyond that? No, they're satisfied. If we needed to know more, God would have told us. And where would that information be, Chuck? In the Bible. Well, your Bible is going to get too big. It's going to be like the Talmud. Have you ever seen the Talmud? Babylonian Talmud? It's like huge, you know, book after book. You know, it's not like one <laughs> volume, right? It's huge body of work. Hmm. That's what your Bible would be like. They haven't thought about that, and there's all kinds of things they haven't thought about. And there's a simple reason why I said before these people are not deep thinkers. Guess what? They're not even thinkers. You see, there's value in understanding this actually is an idiocracy. Now, forget about deep thinking. Deep thinking is um, uncommonly rare. Forget about deep thinking. Let's talk about thinkers, people who go around and think a lot. Now, what I want you to do, I want you to mention one person in your life besides any kind of interaction with us before you met us. Did you ever run mm-hmm. into a, think, a thinker? Maybe you did. How many? You know, thinkers? You know zero, one, two? You ever run into yeah, a thinker? Three or four, probably. Yeah. Oh, they're rare. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. They're rare. I'm talking now, if, in a, many decades you, of living, you know, so. You can be a thinker. A thinker actually has a lot to do with effort, not so much the results. You're at least making the effort, you know. Mm-hmm. You're laboring to think. Every thinker is confronted by a manufactured sea of propaganda. They don't mm-hmm. know that. They don't think it's that bad. It's a virtual minefield, and it can destroy people. I've already talked about people that it's destroying mm-hmm. And this person is deteriorating. He's not getting better. He's getting worse and worse. Now, I have to say that this mental illness is a type of mental illness that is actually caused by demons. And that's good news because with this particular type of mental illness, it's not physiological. Mm -hmm, Uh, Theoretically, you could get the demons out, which we've tried, up to a point. We had success, but, um, okay. We couldn't get all the demons out because we were told not to try anymore. This person had to do certain things. Uh, but um, if you could just get the demons out, the quote-unquote mental illness will be gone. There's a type of mental illness that's actually caused by demons. When you're a young Christian, you make the mistake of assuming that all mental illness is caused by demons, and you want to run down to the uh, local funny farm and cast the demons out, and everyone will be fine, and they can all go home. Not knowing that, uh, no. Uh, look at right there in Second Corinthians 12. Um, the Apostle Paul was given a, a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, 
to buffet him. And he pleaded with God, take it away. Did God take it away? No. These demons have a purpose. And you know what the purpose is? Punishment. Well, we don't like to talk about that. I don't believe in that. God's not going to. Well, fine. And you'd be stuck right where you are. You know something? You can look at the Bible as a book of punishment. It's all about punishment. Look at Genesis. Got the curse. Go to the last book. Where are all those things happening, those horrible things? Did you know that's happening because of punishment? You've got simple-minded Christians that go, well, God doesn't want any of these horrible things to happen. He wants everyone to be delivered. And uh, Satan is responsible. You know, those kind of people? Man. Anyway. Well, Dave, I'm going to have to hang her up here. It's uh, 2.30 okay. in the morning here, so. All right. Okay. All right, you're on. You're on, Matt. <laughs> All right, I, I'm still here. I'll hey, Matt, I apologize. <laughs> I uh, I apologize. This happens quite a bit. Um, where I uh, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. That's what makes it exciting. Um, we just free will it. See, but he has. We can utilize these questions of his. We could have done it last week. See. But we'll save it for when we need them. <laughs> I believe this stuff has popped my head, so whenever. Yeah. I wanted to say something about last week's show. I uh, uh, made a couple mistakes in there. This is going to be somewhat amusing. Achak and I are in telepathic communication with an a lofty Illuminati witch. And uh, I didn't do anything. But she um, she dialed us up. And I have heard from her for, I don't know, somewhere around three years or maybe two and a half, somewhere in there. There's not a lot of communication back and forth. Okay? I need, I need to talk about... Uh, Thursday was the I made an error or I just forgot but I I made I said something I shouldn't have said the day after I did the show I've talked about this witch she's the top Illuminati witch locally and notice it's a woman who's running the show locally a woman I already told you the story how I visited her house I had Connie on the cell phone I went to her house mm-hmm. another time we were led there by angels I know this sounds really fantastic Dave how do you know she pulls up in uh, her car, and I was in front of her house, and she rolls her window down with a big smile and asks me, uh, where do you live? You know? She knew who I was. The way that you explain this, if you go to your local watchtower, Kingdom Hall, believe it or not, they have information on you. They, they do? But most likely. But when they come to everybody's door... They keep little notes on people. Uh huh. Is that why they're called a watchtower, like a guard tower? <laughs> I don't camp? know. But let me tell you something. If the watchtower's doing that, you better believe that the local Illuminati witch. Do you think the local Illuminati witch knows about the local conspiracy theorists? Probably. Hopefully. You've heard me talk about how in uh, Satanism, everything has to do with efficiency, getting things done, being productive. 
we I've asked questions about well for instance I will ask about is this person an agent? Okay. For instance, there is a woman uh locally and uh she's an agent. I've run checks on her. And uh and then what I'll do, I said, does did she was she told that I now know that she's an agent? Guess what? Every single time I've ever asked, they get told immediately. There's no waiting period, Matthew. Bam, right away. They use technology. Everything's highly efficient. Bam, 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 bam. Everything's like that. But the church is like the walking dead. They're in a deep trance state. I don't even get it going. Completely ridiculous. But yeah, uh, they go, they're all into, all this information that we don't have, they have it. They're all into information and technology. If they don't have a little almost invisible earpiece, they've got it embedded. And it doesn't have to be a metallic chip. They've got, look, at the best technology is for them. Everything's biological. Their UFOs are biological, right? They don't want to talk about that. They want to hold you at the science level. And they saw it was a, a metal they were uh, unsure of, uh, stronger than titanium. Uh, that's fine. We'll give you that. You know, like that's because they want you to believe that, oh, the crap was from an alien planet. Mm-hmm. Not sure what kind of metal that was there. Actually, um, they have biological shape-shifting UFOs. They have the other ones, too. They've got that in there. Military-industrial complex. Anyway, here we go. This witch spoke to me. I said, this is not something I'm going to imagine. And she told me, I described her car. Her car is older. I'm not going to tell you the color. I'm going to uh, edit it out. I said too much about her car. And she said, that's the only uh, car in the local area like that. And I actually said a name of a local area, and I may uh, edit that too. Uh, I would not be surprised when I'm editing this, she actually speaks to me. I would not. I may give you an update. All right? And uh, I didn't think about that on the show. But, yeah, um, this is an expensive car. It stands out when you see it. The color... She's got, she told me that's, I have, that's the only car like that. You know what I mean? Locally. And I actually realized that's probably true. You know why? I've never seen one. Only hers. Did she threaten me? No. Notice how respectful she was when I had an encounter with her. And she also know perfectly well that I was standing out in front of her house with another young man. This is before the event with Connie. I'm not going to tell you about why we were there. It's too far out. But the angels led us right there. We were actually on a, in a talk shoe room. We had some people in the car, or the local people, and we had the other people on the phone, and they were all talking to their angels, and the angels, the angels said they would lead us there. Guess what? They did. And the angels called it a castle. And I'm not going to explain why 
they called it a castle. I'm just going to leave that one alone. But the angels called it a castle. And anyway, <clears throat> that was this week. Now, she's the only witch I've ever heard from telepathically. And guess what happens? Another witch spoke to me, and this happened when I was traveling in the spirit. Now, remember, I'm all new to this. What is it, like a week and a half or something? Two weeks gone by? I had never done it. I'd never, I'd never even tried to do it. Chuck had been doing it for a couple of years. Connie had been doing it. Um, I actually thought it was too hard. So the first time I tried to do this, I just laid down on my back and I uh, did it the way you're supposed to do it. You relax every part of your body. And at some point, you, uh, you visualize your, your spirit like sitting up and just stepping out of your body. That's like the classic way to do it. Okay? And I actually wasn't 100% certain that I was traveling uh, because they will give me visuals, you know, uh, on a regular basis. I'm seeing more and more visuals. And so I wasn't sure if the visuals had to do with traveling or not, so I had to ask the next day. But looking back, it was more obvious. I was just uncertain, you know. I was unsure, and that's why. It was pretty obvious that I was. But anyway, um, it didn't happen that night, but um, a couple nights later, I, I saw her, and she had a covetous look on her face. And I'll just tell you right now, she wants something, and she told me, I want youth. I want youth. You know what she's talking about? Transformation. Now, this is a huge subject. There's women out there who believe that they can obtain transformation by marrying into it. And that's exactly what they want to do. It's, um, it's not immortality because it's temporal. Now, if you hold to a Christian view, um, well, first of all, you have to understand the teaching. Transformation is a near resurrection, and it precedes resurrection. So nobody, nobody stays in a state of transformation. They, um, eventually, they're all resurrected. Okay, the Christians believe that they will be in a resurrected body for all eternity. No, uh, we've talked about this before. That the creation comes to an end, and they, we go back to a superior realm, which is superior to heaven. That's our true home, all through eternity. We're eternal beings. They covered all of this up, just like they made heaven boring. They don't want you to know about the eternal abode. That's where God dwells. See. And uh, because you would have desire for something like that. They don't want you to have any desire. They want you to take a, a gun and, and blow your brains out and uh, be completely hopeless, depressed, and uh, suicidal, practice self-hatred, you know, cutting yourself. And the devil's not here to help you, man. Right? <clears throat> okay, so anyway... She recognizes value. And the reason that she's pursuing us is a very simple one. I told you this before the show, Matthew. Is there anyone else talking about this subject? Now, I'm going to tell you right now, 
I cannot prove this, but in the background, uh, you know, like these millennials of uh, Hollywood movie stars and stuff like that, they're born into it. You know, the, the kiddies, the Hollywood kiddies, they all know about this stuff. I, I can't say like every one of them, okay? The Christians know nothing as usual. See, Satan's kids, they, they get the, the gossip early. They know there's a queen of Israel coming, okay? They know about that. What do Christians do? They don't know anything. Um, the Christians are going to find out when Elijah appears, according to the Bible, right? What we're trying to say is that um, if you're in the Illuminati, you have access to privileged information. You don't have to wait for Elijah to appear. Now, there's, uh, I would think there's a considerable number of things that they have not heard yet, and they will hear it from the prophet just like anybody else. I'm talking about the Illuminati kids, you know what I mean, the spoiled brats. They know what's coming. They know a lot of things. I've already talked about this before. I don't know if I want to go into that. There's a movement out there, and they tell you, oh, this is what the movement is about. Everything's misdirection. This is the slave society, and they just fool you over and over and over again with one trick after another. And then the people believe, oh, that's what this is about, and they, they believe the propaganda. It's misdirection technique, you know what I mean? And they deceive your ego, and you go, oh, I discovered the truth about that subject. No, you didn't. You just absorbed the propaganda. It was a trick to make you believe that you discovered. Now, this is what they do over and over and over again. This is like the theme of the night. They trick you into believing that you discovered the truth. That's what they've done with these flat earthers. I said they have discovered that the earth is not a perfect sphere. Okay? Uh, the different components of the cosmology, everything is a psyop. The things that are the most publicized, the most repeated, the most uh, promoted, no. But see, do they know that? No. They don't know how to process information. That is a skill that you acquire. You either acquire that skill if you don't. These people don't have that skill. It's acquired just like any other discernment skill. You don't acquire it in one day. You gradually develop it just like any other skill. And it has to do with a lot of experiential learning, which takes time. They don't believe that because they don't know that you have to do that. A lot of these people are young. You know, the Flat Earth Movement is, is popular with people in their 20s and 30s, right? They, they, don't know, um, they don't know these things. They think that they woke up when they discovered that the Earth was flat. They'll actually tell you that. Okay, oh, that day that you woke up and you actually realized the Earth was flat, was that the day that you acquired the ability to process information. Was that the day it all happened in one day? Just like, you know, you get, I'm born again, okay? The day you get born again, God dumps all the truth in your lap. Is that what happened? No. No. In fact, where's the truth coming from, by the way? I keep mentioning it. You know, it's coming from God. What is God doing? He's dribbling. Dribbling out truth. Remember I said breadcrumbs? And they think they have this great feast of truth. That's how that feeds the ego. 
great discoveries, you know. Uh, let's get this straight. Tell me one thing with absolute certainty uh, about Antarctica that has to do with what is hidden or secret or esoteric. Can they tell me one single thing with certainty that has to do with something that's hidden in Antarctica? They think they can, but they can't. They don't know anything for certain. I'm not talking about just basic stuff, you know what I mean? Oh, like there's a lot of ice down there. We, we already know that. That doesn't have to do with secrets, does it? <clears throat> now, there's an ice shelf down there. Let me keep it really simple, okay? This, this is an idiocracy. How big is the breadth of the ice shelf? Did you know that they call it an ice rink? Now, it's basically... What they do, by the way, a lot of the time, they tell you the opposite. So if it's very broad, what they will do is tell you it's a relatively a thin ice ring. I mean, a ring is a ring. Once the breadth gets, um, once it becomes too broad, you don't want to use the terminology of a ring. You know, when you have like a ring on your finger, it can only get so thick because it's going to start interfering with your other finger because you don't have a lot of space there, right? So once it gets broad enough, it's improper to refer to it as a ring. Every time they call it a ring, they're telling you that, uh, well, it's, it's not that broad. They have 100% uncertainty. I've already said it before. We have zero, zero, zero certainty about what I call the perimeter. Now, what did I say earlier about the idiocracy, the thinkers and the deep thinkers? This is deep thinking, by the way, because you can see right away that would be true. It's actually self-evident. Nobody knows. Notice they haven't figured that out yet. You see that? They believe that they can figure it out. Do they believe that they need revelation? No. And by the way, it's very interesting. How did you acquire this knowledge? Because I can tell you. You know how they acquired it? On a YouTube video. Yep. And here's the thing. You ready? It made sense to me. Am I right about that or am I wrong? It made sense to me, so I believed it. Okay, do you have any certainty? You don't have any. Zero. All you have is an unprovable theory, and it's actually a bad one. The reason it's a bad one, I'll just, you know, I'm not going to go down the list. We'll just stay with the top reason. What I already say? Whatever is promoted the most, you know, by the way, after Elijah comes, it'll be different. But before Elijah comes, the truth is on lockdown, and it has to do with something important they don't want you to know. So what, whatever is promoted the most is going to be false almost by necessity and probably by necessity. Run down the line. You have to understand how the system works. The system distributes propaganda. They have not figured that out. They believe that they can discover all these things. And now here's the reason why. They're not deep conspiracists. A deep conspiracist doesn't think that way. See, there's value in that term. I have not, you know, I could spend a whole show, what is a deep conspiracist? And then you start to see, wow, 
Okay. A deep conspiracist thinks in a completely different way. I mean, immediately you go, no. But they were saying yes. I said, no, you can't do that. I said, yes, we can't. No, you can't. I said, you haven't thought to do that yet. If you would think properly, then you're wrong. I, I can't do that. I can't access that knowledge. I'll tell you right now why. The knowledge is hidden by who? God. Now you're getting it? They think that through their own human effort, they can discover truth that's hidden by God. If God hides something, you know who can discover it? Nobody. You know, I assume that the angels knew about the timing of this, these certain things that we expect. I just assume that. Just like they assume, okay? Just like Christians assume all these things. These wonderful things that God is doing. They don't talk about curses. Christianity is assumption, a religion of massive assumptions, right on down the line. And we have this, we have that, everything's just so wonderful. Delusional people. I mean, uh, if God has hidden something, nobody can discover it. Now, have they figured that out? Yeah, have they figured that out yet? No, they have not. That whatever is repeated in one specific category of um, a cosmology, it's, I'm going to just tell you it's false. Go ahead, Frank. Uh, you know, I think we should also point out that the Bible has some very clear statements which are, I think, uh, demonstrably provable to be true, like there's a firmament. Mm-hmm. And so it's more, you know, the the value of the Bible is more about what it states rather than what it doesn't state, isn't it? Presumably what's not stated there, there's no opinion about it. Well, this is something that's um, fundamentally simple because you're talking about um, there's an example of a perimeter that we know exists, okay? But, but we know, when you say we know exists... Everything that God creates has a beginning and an end. It has those, you know, those outskirts. But when you say we know it exists, we're talking about the the people talking on this show, but the hoi polloi do not know that the perimeter exists, do they? Yeah, the hoi polloi is uh, ancient. The hoi polloi is an ancient Greek term for the uh, common rift map. The ignorant masses. People wouldn't know that anyway. Did you want to say something, Matthew? I was just saying science is not reliable. Every definite thing the Bible says is the one thing science has definitely proven not to exist. Mm-hmm. Permanent? No, there's outer space. Corners of the Earth? No, it's perfectly round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, that's that, that's that's the key, I think, um, value of of the Bible is to demonstrate that we are being lied to. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to say that you can't determine there's a perimeter. Everything that has cre- is created has, um, you know, an outskirts. You have measurements, like you go from point A to point B. So you ask yourself the question, does it go on forever? No, it doesn't, okay? There's an end to everything in creation. So I'm not talking about that. Obviously, there is a perimeter, okay? What I'm talking about now is the nature of the perimeter. That, we don't have certainty about that. For instance, um, how far away is it? These guys seem to believe that they know because they're trying to shoot things up there <laughs> to actually hit well, the pyramid and fall down. <laughs> well, I guess that's the, the, the yeah, I understand that point of your 
of your commentary, but it still doesn't take away the, the value of the Bible being in what it says. What it doesn't say is is completely a different story. As you said, not everything that we need to know is in the Bible. Well, absolutely but not. There, there, there is sufficient there to allow people, well, in it, like in my case, to understand the nature of the deception which is going on. And it, it indicates that the prince of this world is Satan, as described in the Bible. By the way, if people can re- receive this, a number of years ago, it didn't happen through me, it happened through Connie or Lisa, I don't remember which one. The angels actually said, uh, now remember I talked about bibliolatry, where people tend to elevate the Bible above what it should be. And yeah. um, remember I said it was created for a tribal culture, which no longer exists. And people don't, you never hear anybody talk about that. But the angel actually said to one of the girls, he said, the Bible is a basic guidebook. That's what the angel said. Yeah. They do not hold the Bible in really high esteem, by the way. Um, there is corruption in the Bible, and um, unless I've asked about it or it's obvious, like there is an uh, there's an obvious scribal uh, interpolation in First uh, John five seven to actually promote the doctrine of the Trinity, which would make you a little suspicious. If you're a conspiracy theorist, you should be a little suspicious. Well, what? Because there's no scholar that will stand behind that scribal edition. So if if you're thinking conspiratorially, it's totally different. Because you're going, well, they did that for some kind of devious purpose. But I thought the Trinity was true. You'd be at least a little bit suspicious about the Trinity. Did you know the Illuminati? Just stop and think about one thing. Did you know that the Illuminati promotes the doctrine of the Trinity? Now, forget about whether it's true or not. They they've got. False teacher after false teacher after false teacher out there. People on a payroll and the Trinitarians. Yes, I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that's, that'll make you think a little bit. Um, and and we're, I'm familiar with the uh, work people like Barbara Wegner do on on that kind of uh, issue. But as I said, it doesn't alter the 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 reality. I guess that the only cosmological description that makes any sense so far is that which is found in the Old Testament. Yeah. You get the basics there and not the details. <clears throat> I just said um, earlier, you don't, and, you don't and, need to and, get the and, details and, about and heaven. The, and the Bible actually says quite clearly that we will not know the extent of the earth. We will not, you know, it, it, we're, we're basically told that we'll not find out in, in the book of Job, aren't we? I think I'm familiar with with that passage. It's, but you know, in the book of Job, it's it's pointing out, uh, uh, illustrating uh, human ignorance. Yeah. God is actually telling Job that he's ignorant. He says, "Where were you when I did these things?" And by the way, yeah. Christians have not figured this out. Job was actually there. He was. He existed. The the verse has a completely different meaning. This has to do with pre-existence of the soul. Job had consciousness. First of all, if you believe what I said earlier, your consciousness is eternal because your spirit's eternal. They cover that up because they don't want you to know that. They created this monstrous, endless universe to make you feel like a little insignificant speck, and that is one of the reasons why we have a literally a quote-unquote plague, which I already referred to. This is an article of suicide. Uh, and, 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 that, 
that I 100% agree with your your discussion earlier today about the you know I I when I go out and meet young people I, I talk to my own children and they they really on every on every level should feel very successful but but there is a sense of despair from a lack of despair uh, con- connection with their with the creator yeah absolutely very important now it's um this is a, a newly forming trend. It has to do with a word called nihilism. Uh, yeah. Increasing number of, they can even be teenagers, they're nihilists. Um, they don't have any hope in anything. They're, they believe in hopelessness, utter hopelessness. That's a philosoph- I actually lived with a guy who said that he was a philosophical nihilist. Yeah. And he talked about it. He was interested in my views too. Uh, he was also a heroin addict, a re- recovering. Which, which, he only lasted. A, he, he, he didn't. He only lasted a few days, and then he, then he uh, took heroin. And he got kicked out. Right. You know. So. <clears throat> That's all. I mean, I as I said, I just, I, you know, for all of the deceptions in the Bible, there are certain elements which are. Uh, in my opinion, undeniably true, and and that's what I write about. Uh-huh. Yeah, I said that uh, the Bible gives you the basics, like Genesis one through eleven. It doesn't give you the details. The details are they are they in Genesis one through eleven? No, details. Just a brief overview, and people are one hundred percent satisfied that, and they hold to the magical belief. God told us everything that we need to know. Really, you're satisfied with that. Huh? You know, if you go to um, the Book of Jubilees, it's called the Little Genesis. There's a lot more details. But the question is, you know, the authority of that. But uh, that text, which I believe is relatively trustworthy, I don't know the degree of corruption. All these texts have some measure of corruption. Uh, it was um, represented quite well in the Dead Sea Scrolls. Now, the reason this is important, because... What did I just tell you about? They're going to okay. Let's 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 stop and let's test this methodology that I presented. Everyone can benefit from this. Okay, you got the Dead Sea Scroll community. First of all, you got the Dead Sea Scrolls. You ask your question: Is that important? It's massively important. It's the most important discovery from the ancient world. Atheists with the do you do you think just, just a do you think it's genuine? Yes. Let me keep let me keep going. Do you think that the Dead Sea Scroll community is important? It absolutely is, because this has to do with, um, it's related to Dead Sea Scrolls. Okay, now here's the thing. What did I say earlier? Anything that is significant, important, they're going to lie to you every time, unless God, like with the seven-day week, work week, God says no. The seven-day, oh, not, excuse me, work week, but week will be preserved. You're not going to corrupt that. Satan. Okay, now, what do you hear over and over and over again, including from Christian scholars who can't even think out of a box, about the, the, the community? They call it the Qumran community. Isn't that what they call it over and over and over again? Qumran, yeah. Yeah, over and over and over. Um, you, I'm going to tell you right now, you know how many conservative Christian scholars I've seen so far that have deviated from that? Nobody. What they do, they establish the norms. Who does that? Illuminati. Okay. These guys that they roll establish out Establish which norms, Dave? All through society. 
Because, yep. see, they establish the norms and everything is compared to what they establish. They seek to establish all the norms, and then everything is, is, is compared with their established norms. This is why I'm a weirdo. So what's the norm you're talking about in this case? And you're a weirdo, too. No question. But what's the norm you're talking about in this case? We were they, talking about um, the seven days. Um, that's what we're talking about. Uh, they established that um, it was... Um, Are we talking about the day of rest? They were a theme. Quagrant just has to do with the uh, the location. But they were a theme. Okay. Um, actually, I'm sorry, but if you look at the proper investigation, you know what that site was? It was a Roman fortress. That's what You're it talking about the caves at Qumran or a Roman fortress? Well, not the caves so much, but where the, uh, the, the community proper was. In fact, I'm going to tell you something right now. This is another thing. It's a deep conspiracy. This is a rule that you don't violate. How many archaeological digs do you, does a deep conspiracist trust? How many? I'll tell you, zero. Yeah, I agree. Zero. Were you there when they pulled it out of the ground? If you, you have zero certainty about anything. Now, these conservative scholars, they're just like everybody else. They fit in with the system. It's, it's a job. You know, this is what I do, you know. They don't believe there's deceptions. Did you know that? They don't believe there's deceptions. They say, well, that's what conspiracy theories, theorists believe. You know how many, I'm going to tell you right now. You know how many conservative Christian scholars I've seen that have to do with, you know, um, archaeology or, you know, history that are conspiratorial? And they say, you know how many I've seen? Zero. These are the so, people. So Just a second. They come out of the system in the, the ed- ed- academic community. Did you know that they don't just a second? They don't do conspiracies in academia. Did you know that they don't do conspiracies? So that's why I come for someone like me. They would to be my earlier comment. My earlier comment was the importance of the Bible, the Old Testament in uh-huh. particular, is that the first paragraphs talk about how the earth is made and what it, and that there's a firmament. That that passage alone on the establishment, which, which by simple logic you can establish, there must be a firmament. Demonstrates uh-huh. should be demonstrated to everybody that there's a large scale conspiracy. It's sufficient. By the way, uh, I I want to say I need to say this to be fair to these people, but this also reveals what kind of system we live in. There are people out there, for instance, like doctors. Okay. Doctors who are having increasingly alternative beliefs, okay? But here's the kicker. They don't vocalize them. They keep it to themselves because they don't want to be involved with risk-taking because you know why? Lose your medical license. So they will admit to you, like say in a family gathering context, oh, yeah, you know, I, I can't believe I used to believe everything I used to believe. Well, I could hypothesize, look, there's no evidence for this, but I could hypothesize, and I think I'm probably correct, that there's got to be some of these guys out there, the academic community, that are starting to realize that everything is not what they were told. See, these guys, it's real simple, everybody. They don't realize that they've been lied to. And again, this has to do with the human ego. The human ego says, no, I haven't. 
No, I haven't. They, the human ego does not want to admit that it's been deceived. You go down to um, <clears throat> the, the street uh, in you know downtown with a microphone, and I, I, you ask people, have you been deceived? I say, what? Have you been deceived lately? Well, I don't think so. Isn't that what they would say? I, what are you talking about? Deceive, deceive what? We, we, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, any kind of deception. You know, information. They go, I don't, I don't think so. I don't know what you're talking about. You're weird. Get out of here. You know what I mean? Hmm. <laughs> Look, I've been deceived over and over again. Because hmm. I, I don't have the ability to know if these things are true. I can't even figure it out. That's why I, I got to you know, like, go get revelation. And then you get the revelation. Oh, my God. And basically, consistently, right down the line, it tells you how dumb we are. I mean, we're right, actually so in that vein, what's your view of um, what's your view of the Book of Enoch in the Coptic Bible? Why do you say Coptic? There's because a my understanding. The Ethiopian Bible. Yeah. Okay. Ethiopian. Always had Enoch. Always had the Book of Enoch in it. Well, that's what. Whereas they say. some people say it's not true. Well, that's what they say, but we don't have certainty about uh, that many centuries back. I don't have a big problem with that. Okay? Um, that the Ethiopian church had it the entire time. It's a theory. It's unprovable. It's not really that important to me. Um, but um, there's a reasonable possibility that the Ethiopian uh, Enoch is superior the the other one i have i have both of them so it has some interesting variants for instance i forget which is which but uh one of the uh series or or body of uh, enochian manuscripts it translates um the word uh i got a mind blank here uh siren the um what is it, the progeny? No, it, what was the women uh, that copulated with the angels? Yeah. They became sirens? Okay. Now, I think that may be due to modern translation problems. You see, people need to be aware of this. They don't understand how the Bible's translated. You, more, than, um, more often than people would think, these translations, Translation committees, they make decisions on translating words in accordance with their worldview or their belief system. Yes. See, a lot of people have a simple simple thinking that you just – you can either read Greek or you can't. And if you can read it, you just carry it over into English. It's not like that because here's the thing. There's uncertainty. Let me explain it. <clears throat> You go to Strong Concordance, which are actually dangerous. Watch out for young Christians that are all into the Strong's Concordance. When you go to Strong's Concordance, you look up this word, and notice it's got these different meanings. You go, well, which is the right meaning? Good question. Okay, now we're um, very far away from apostolic oral tradition and all the information that's, that um, complemented the Bible. All this information is gone. Now we're trying to understand the text with only the text itself. The history is lost. You can't trust anything. And you're a translating committee. Well, guess what? You don't have certainty. For instance, um, 
In Psalm 45, it talks about this messianic figure. Everybody believes it's Christ. And it talks about his favored women. Now, we already know what this culture thinks about polygamy. Nothing good. Okay? The Illuminati does not like polygamy. Do they ever promote polygamy on television? They put a couple kind of comedic documentaries on there. Uh, Oh, there was a television show about... There was a television show about the Mormons. Yeah, they don't like... uh, People never heard that, so I need to repeat it. I've said, well, Illuminati does not like polygamy. How do you figure that out? What have they ever done to promote polygamy? I mean, they are behind the Mormon Church, so that you could. They didn't start the Mormon Church, by the way. I don't want to go into all that, but anyway. <clears throat> but excuse me, they don't promote polygamy to the Rome. Uh, I'm getting a little tired here. The uh, Mormon Church they promote it through fundamental Mormonism, which is different than the LDS Church. The LDS Church does not practice polygamy anymore. So. But they used to. Okay. Anyway. So, in summary, before you fall asleep, you have some. I'm not going to fall asleep. It's just it's hard to speak, articulate, be articulate, Artic- hour articulate, after yeah. hour when you're 61 years sure. old. Yeah. Sure, but you're you're semi okay at least with the oh with yeah the book I'm, of I'm, Enoch. I'm well, yes, because it's um, it's quoted in the book of Jude, and it's I've I actually mentioned this I think last week, but there's repeated references to it apparently, um, you know, in bits and pieces, even statements of Jesus. You can find this online, you know, like three, four, five words in a row. They're like partial quotations out of Enoch, because you'll see these commonalities. I mean, you, you can prove it, but you don't have absolute certainty it came from Enoch. But it doesn't really matter, because that kind of knowledge back then was in circulation, see. Uh, the Book of Enoch was held in very high esteem in the Dead Sea Scrolls community. Anyway, let me go back to Dead Sea Scrolls. There's a huge mass of cover-ups, okay? They were not Essenes. You can't even prove that Essenes existed. Uh, we had to ask the angels, and they said yes. And guess what? They said, I wish Chuck was here. Um, there was a few conversions, but as a general rule, they did not convert, convert. They did not receive Jesus as Messiah. And there's all these Christian groups out there that are almost like, well, they hold the esteems in very high uh, regard. And they actually believe that they were the true Christians. According to what the angels told us, no. They didn't convert, most of them. Some of them did. You could take any group, and some of every group converted to Christ. You know, Christ touched everybody. A few here, a few there, you know what I mean? People try to say they were the original Christians. You cannot prove that. You can't even prove the Essenes existed. It says nothing about them in the Bible, and all the historical references are questionable because we don't know if they're forgeries or not. These people are not sufficiently suspicious of forgeries, and neither are scholars. Because if you start to realize how much forgery there is, it's going to overlap into the same old subject, conspiracies. And they don't do conspiracies. So they always think, well, you know, there had to be some forgeries, but it's not that bad. So it wasn't like these big conspiracies. Do any of these people even believe the Illuminati exist? No, that's the problem. They're like children. 
they're naive. I don't care if they're intellectuals. You, you can have a naive intellectual, okay? He's a book learner. He's a textbook repeater. Uh, does he have uh, sufficient reasoning skills to process the information, just like these people on YouTube do not? No, he doesn't. That's an acquired ability, and it's actually, guess what, a gift from God. And it's quite rare. Okay? The reason that uh, people do not see these problems on YouTube, they want to believe these things are true. I already said that earlier. Man wants to believe that he discovered the truth. I repeat that. Man wants to believe he's discovered the truth. Makes you feel good. Oh, we got okay. We moved beyond that. I don't have to, you know, worry about that anymore. I discovered the truth. I, I guess. Has, I guess the way that I view the the YouTube stuff on the shape of the earth is that a lot of it is uh, as the as the realization continues to grow. Uh, there's still the devil is still making uh, strong efforts to lead people away from the Bible and from the fact that this, the Lamb of God has uh, redeemed them. Well, I, I've never said this on the show, uh, but the devil is a, a trickster and he's the mas um, a master of propagandists, and I believe that he's making concessions. Now, I've talked about this before, but I haven't talked about Satan. I've talked about, this is really simple. Everybody can grasp this. The prophet is coming, and he's going to restore everything according to Scripture. Ask yourself this question. Do you believe that the Illuminati know that he's coming? Now, the church doesn't, as a general rule. Do you think that they Of course they know. Now, do you think they're going to make any kind of preparations? Do you think they'll do absolutely nothing? What they're going to do is reveal certain things. They're going to get revealed anyway. Okay? Yeah. Right before this happens, they're going to, here it is, they're going to soften the blow, soften the blow, because it's going to happen anyway. They can take advantage of it. What they, try, they create a sheepfold and then try to, here's your belief system, and try to steer you in a direction so that you will be less likely to believe God's <laughs> truth when it comes down, because it's going to come down hard. You're going to have to make yeah. a decision. I said, this, is this guy a real prophet from God? Most people will reject him. You understand that, okay? They're going to call the Antichrist. I've told you before, this is really simple. That Conspiracy 101 for Christians. Do you believe that Satan and the Illuminati would make an effort to convince people that um, the Messiah is the Antichrist? That would be the ultimate sign. Of course they would. Well, They've already done it. Everything is ready to go. He just has to show up. Um, they have an amazing amount of experts. They're infiltrators in Christianity. This is people that Christians trust. And these people on a payroll are going to call him the Antichrist. And people are going to say, how could that many people be wrong? That's where you're going to find out how many agents there are. You go, God, all these people are saying this guy's the Antichrist. Yeah, because they were agents all along. One of them just died, Chuck Missler. So what do you think research of the view? on that guy, by the way? What? You, you talk about how there's been a catastrophe um, a thousand years ago at the time of Christ. Uh -huh. So in other words, um, you know, buildings, destruction. So basically that Armageddon came in the generation of Jesus, just as, or in this generation, and that uh -huh. we've had the thousand years of peace, and now uh, we are... No, not... Okay. 
what you're doing now we're waiting for what you're doing is you're, you're embracing the premillennial concept of the millennium um I'm not. I'm. I'm asking the question. I'm not embracing anything. Well, that's why you said a thousand years of peace. So, so, it, so it, the, it's been so the, the model of slavery and war and everything else horrible. The model put forward. The model put forward was that we have been deceived about what's happened in the last one thousand years, and that, and in fact, we can see. I think the evidence is. Yeah, it's okay. We can see that there has been um, a lot of incredible buildings built that. Um, uh, there's been there's been um, maybe a thousand years of pretty good times for people that were Christians. There was a, a kind of a golden era of Christianity. Um, now that that thousand years has passed, and that the since say nineteen thirteen or fourteen or fifteen, that the devil has been released from his from his chains. For a period, and that we're undergoing that period now. Uh, the latter part of what you said is actually true. Um, th this is just my opinion. The, the true uh, concept of the millennium is um, a mixture of the different views, like post mill, ah mill, pre mill. It's a mixture. In other words, it's the same old thing. Each one of those views. On the millennium is a belief system. And I'm going to make the claim, I can't prove this, that it's actually theological propaganda, okay? But now in each one of those belief systems, there's truth and there's error. People typically embrace a belief system, you know, I'm a post-millennialist, and then they mostly identify with that. And they criticize, you know, pre-millennialists and amillennialists, okay? Well, I'm post I mean, everybody believes that they have the truth. This is what, this is the human condition. It deceives the heart, affects the mind. People are delusional. But here's, here's an important point. You can take any belief system, unless it's so simple it doesn't qualify as a system, every single belief system has a mixture of truth and error. Can we understand that? But people don't, they don't understand that. It's like, where is the error in post-millennialism? What? Post-millennialism is true. There's error in it. And there's error in all the views. You see that? And there's also truth. For instance, I'm not a pre-millennialist, okay? Everything with me is completely different. So do I hold but any you, of those? But you, you have let expressed... Me, let, me, let me get it out because I don't even talk about this. Everything's completely different. I've got a completely different theological system that I've been working on for years. I hold to none of these views. I am a bimillennialist. I believe the Messiah comes twice, okay? And uh, there's a third advent, and um, there's significant truth in pre-millennialism. Okay, what none of these people understand, uh, number one, there's two millennials back-to-back -back in Revelation 20, and there's no way to prove that wrong. It's also difficult to prove it. Uh, it looks like it, but I'm not certain, but the angels said, yeah. But there's actually one millennium after another because they took away the cyclical nature of time. You have what's called the great year. You're familiar with that. They, t they lie to you and tell you it's 26,000 years. Now, what did I say earlier? Whatever they rotate out there, the common view, false. They're not going to tell you the length of the great year because the great year is important. But you always hear the same old thing, 26,000 or maybe it's 25. No, they're both false. Okay? It's precisely 24,000 years, and it's made up of 24,000-year periods, and they have sub-ages of 250 
and 500 years. And you'll actually see significant events happening like the French Revolution. Okay? Significant things happen. Typically, I cannot prove that right down the line, but there's change. At the end of a 1,000 years, there's significant change, and there could be a, a cataclysm. Typically, there isn't a cataclysm, but there could be. There was at the, at the well, we went through the, the, this is just Latin, don't worry about the terms. We went through the age of Pisces. Okay, that was after the first century. But I want to say something that's really interesting. If you look, actually go to Wikipedia, when did cathedrals originate? They will actually tell you 11th century. They built yeah. them after the cataclysm. That's what they did. Yes. <laughs> the same thing with the shroud. So, so you, that is so actually your Jesus. View. That's a second. That's actually Jesus' shroud. There's views, you know, both sides. There's both camps are fairly large. You know, people believe, people don't. But notice that the carbon dating or whatever kind of dating they use, they actually place it 11th century. Yeah. And it's, and it's so, true. So you know, you know, just a second, Frank. You know why they do that? They actually show you the truth. You know why? Because nobody can process it because they have a false chronology. How many Christians yes. believe that Jesus was here a thousand years ago? How many Christians believe that? There you go. Yeah, very, very few, yeah. So they can come right out and tell you the truth about the dating. doesn't matter. Because yeah. of one word, it's safe. It's safe. It's safe to do that. And they, they know yeah. it's safe. And they, they, it amuses them that nobody can process it. You know why? If you don't have a revelation, forget it. And they know that. So they put the truth right in front of your face, and nobody can process it. That's the shroud of the burial shroud of Christ. Okay. So your your view of the cataclysm a thousand years ago is consistent with the idea that that Armageddon came in this generation. Well, uh, let's get something straight here. I'll make it real simple. I've said this many times before, but in Matthew twenty-four, everything that you well, first of all, I could ask a Christian: Do you see? Armageddon in Matthew 24. Now, if they don't, that's their problem because that's a parallel passage with Mark 13 and Luke 20, 21. Now, I'm going off the top of my head. Yeah, Jesus talked about when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies. It goes into more detail in Luke 21. Okay? But what does Jesus say? It's talking about Armageddon, right? So what does Jesus say in Matthew 24? He says all these things. And now it also describes the second coming, doesn't it? Every Christian is going to admit that. Yeah, that's second coming. He's talking about the sun, the moon being affected. You know, you will see the son of man coming in the clouds. Okay, and what did Jesus say? He said all these things. Did he make any exceptions? He said all these things will be fulfilled in this generation. Isn't yes. that what he said? Yes. That would include Armageddon. Yes. That doesn't make any sense to a Christian whatsoever. That's because they've been signed Yes. But it's, you know, it's just simple truth, but it conflicts with your belief system. Why? Your belief system is a conglomeration of theological propaganda. And ask yourself this question. Did these people ever suspect at any point along the line that their belief system could be theological propaganda? Did they, did they get suspicious? No. They're children. Frank. So, so the view that, that that I think that this knowledge was around up until the turn of the century, say eh? it took centuries for the knowledge to be gradually lost because people knew yes. it. The survivors, centuries, yeah. centuries. 
Like try yes. 500 and that's, years. That's really oh. why only in, in, in this, I guess in this last 100 years, that Christianity has come under attack. So uh, Martin Luther viciously. knew that Jesus had a sexual relationship, here we go, with Mary Magdalene. Now, you can look that up on Google. How did he know that? Well, actually, last week, I actually asked the angel. I said, is it true that um, Martin Luther believed that? Actually, I didn't ask that question. I asked about another woman, but I'm just making things simple. Uh, the question I asked, did, did he know that because there was a surviving tr tradition? You see, people don't forget as easily as you might think. Let's make it real simple. The more significant something is, the more people remember it. Does that make sense? So if it's something big, yeah, sure. they remember it. This is why people remember the Golden Age all around the world. And the only reason that people don't believe, remember the Golden Age in our uh, highly programmed society is because they, uh, they shut it down. Because the propaganda is directed at Western society. And that's why we don't remember it. They, they took away our traditions. They took away our past. It's been stolen from us. And it's actually, a curse. it's actually a curse from God in the big picture, in my estimation, and a punishment. You can see everything is reducible to one thing. God is either giving or withholding. He's giving or withholding. So why is he withholding? Now, if we don't have the truth, you've got to understand, well, God's withholding. He could give it to us. Why, why didn't he give it to us? It has to do with punishment. Christians do not like hearing about punishment and curses. So, I mean, you got to understand your own mind is going to have a tendency to resist these things because it has to do with negativity. I, I don't like the negativity. Humans well, it's, are on – It's more, it's more real quick. Right now, right, right now, Frank, all humans are a negativity overload. This is very important. All humans are a negativity overload. It's like that's enough negativity for me, even whether people want to acknowledge or not. They don't want it anymore. So they're resisting. They want a happier world. Yeah. All right? But it's also very clear uh, in the Bible that there will be that, that the devil will be loosed for a while, for a time, for a moment, for a for a period. Is it? Is that the words? Yeah. Uh, unless you're an amillennialist or possibly a postmillennialist, you don't realize that the devil has been bound uh, for that long. That's right. Period. Yeah. And uh, see, he used to be. Uh, the God of this world, according to Scripture, that it had all the nations in spiritual bondage because yes. they did not have the truth of God. Did they have the truth yes. of God? No, they did not have the truth of God. They were in spiritual bondage. Now, what, what happened? What happened is the gospel went out. That defeated the devil, the truth. Yes. He had all these nations. They sat in darkness, you see. They didn't have any spiritual light. And yep. that's when he was bound. And Christians don't yes. understand that unless they're amillennialists or possibly post-mill. There's some kind of post-mill views that hold to that. <clears throat> well, yeah, there are. I mean, that, yeah, yeah post-millennialists believe the devil was down in the first century, both amill and post-mill. Now, the Protestant reformers were amill and post-mill. They were not pre-mill. So they all believed this. This was a traditional view, and it's, it's, still, the, it's still the scholarly view. Okay. Not, not, not as much as it used to be, but most scholars still hold to the view that Satan was bound in the first century. Now, uh, you know, regular like church people, they think it's future. Which you seems know, like a bit walk. weird to me. 
The war because in heaven in Revelation 12, they think that's future too. That was in the first century. Go ahead. It just seems a bit weird to me because I think the observed, the observations of our modern world closely fit that um, that idea that, um, that that Satan was bound a thousand years ago. Okay. I want to go back uh, to the Dead Sea Soul community real quick because I didn't actually get out the most important point. Uh, why did, why was there a cover-up? Well, because well, there because was something... Because Satan works. There's something important there that they didn't want you to know. And, and you know what that was? <clears throat> that Satan had been uh, loose for a thousand years. When the people been, were given uh, prophetic oracles by Christ to flee Jerusalem and to go into the wilderness, well, guess what? That actually happened. According to Eusebius, which I do not trust, but he was the first Christian historian. Okay, He wrote the first significant book on Christian history. And now here we go. What did I tell you about propaganda? <laughs> Same thing with Josephus. Anything they put out there, you know, this is the first, this is authoritative. Remember I said establishing the norms? No, he was on a payroll. According to what the agents, uh, excuse me, the angels say or said, mm-hmm. um, but I would be, I would, I would uh, actually assume that. They try to fill that single category. Here's your historical book, you know, and then Josephus. So here's what happened in the first century. Because if you don't see, if scholars don't rely on Josephus, they don't really have anything. That's how they sign off them. And they simplify it by giving you one body of work. That's what you get. You know what I mean? But anyway, mm-hmm. the Dead Sea Scrolls, well, that was a Christian remnant. And this is absolutely amazing. Now, there's people out there that believe this kind of thing. But the leader believe of which the, kind of thing? Well, I'll which tell kind you right now. I'll tell you right now. The, the leader of the first century church, according to Scripture, was not Peter or Paul. Okay? It was James, the righteous, or James addressed. He's a brother of Jesus, okay? Yeah. And the proof for that is right there in Acts. 15, they have a big church council. He's the leader, and a Peter is there, and Paul is there, and they suggest, suggest this and that. He listens to them, you know, just like David would listen to Nathan, and then he would make a decision on his own. It wasn't a committee decision. He had that authority. That proves that he's the leader, and he was the leader. There's a huge body of work out there, which is not canonical, obviously, and there's a conspiracy to cover this up because the death of James is not mentioned in the Bible. Um, that means that Acts has corruption problems. That Acts also, I'm not a liberal, by the way, when it comes to Scripture with the corruption, but Acts also has a false ending. It, it ends abruptly. There's no way that God would give you like one historical work like that. That's all you get. And then the, it has a funky ending like that. No, 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 no. They got in there. Now, they have a long ending of Acts. Did you know that? <clears throat> No, I don't And know. I think we were told that that's legitimate. I have legitimate. heard you talk about it before. Yeah, I think we've been told that's legitimate, that it may have corruption problems too. Also, this is what happens when you talk to angels. I assumed that the long ending of Mark 16 was not legitimate. Now, the primary reason that people reject the long ending of Mark 16 is it, it's just like the Apocrypha. It has... Maybe one or two doctrines that is that's not compatible with their belief system, questionable. 
So see, we really don't know as much as we think we know, know about first century belief systems. Because it's all this knowledge is lost. Scholars, see, scholars don't talk about lost knowledge. Here's the thing. They think that they have sufficient evidence to draw a conclusion. You got that? They don't believe in conspiracies. They believe that God is guiding us and, you know, he wants us to know about the past. They don't know there's a big cover-up. So what they're doing, they're trusting, and they're not sufficiently suspicious. And they're pretty much all, well, they're all like this. I think so the, so the idea, the idea that they don't know there's a cover-up is a bit strange, isn't it? Because if they are biblical scholars that hold to the to the text, then they would say that text indicates that Armageddon was in that generation, uh-huh. that the devil had been bound for a thousand years and is now released and is causing deception. So they would they should be expecting deception. There's a simple reason why they believe that is um, premillennialism did not become. Uh, let's, let's just make it real simple. Um, let's go by history, which I don't believe, but let's go by what history says. Um, after Augustine, um, premillennialism was the historical view of the church. Until the 19th century. That is when premillennialism became dominant. It took a while. It got um, promoted, believe it or not, through the Millerite movement, which was basically a prophetic failure. They had two prophetic failures. They had date setting, and both the dates failed. These were the precursors of the Seventh-day Adventist movement. They were premillennial. Now, that should make you a little suspicious about premillennialism. But also... Dispensationalism is theological propaganda, and notice that dispensationalism is always premillennial. But the main thing so is, what is look, what is dispensationalism? Just a, just a second. The main thing to understand: every single Christian film, quote unquote Christian, Christian themed, that has to do with Bible prophecy, without exception, they are all premillennial. Now, what did I say about propaganda? Do you think Illuminati isn't involved with it? Of course they are. So, see, these people are not thinking. You're going, well, over here, premillennialism is what's promoted. See, whatever is highly promoted is for the common people. They own the system, right? They have the ability to distribute information. So they're going to do it. They're going to lie. They serve Satan, Illuminati. Look at the popular belief and reject it immediately. Now, there's exceptions for that, but that's the general rule. See that? Yes, now, these people yep. have not learned how to think straight. That's what I call it. Now, what does is, what is thinking straight have to do with? One thing, processing, processing information, and that is a skill that is acquired over time. It doesn't show up on a single day. You're like, I woke up. The earth is flat. Okay. Did you acquire the ability to process information on that single day? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. And it's actually gradual, too. There could be little, you know, jumps and leaps along the way. You go, wow, maybe, maybe making a progress. I just start freaking out. You actually get more and more conspiratorial. You get more and more suspicious. You know what I mean? Well, in my, in my case, I've just, I've just got more and more biblical. Well, there's nothing wrong with being more biblical unless it crosses the red line into bibliometry and um, hyper bibliostatic. 
centrism. Uh, bibliocentrism is not a negative term. It's just, you know, focused primarily on the Bible. But if you get overly focused on it, where you don't trust anything outside of Scripture, you know, that's not in my Bible, you know, that kind of those people, those are the but same it, people that believe that the um, that King, King, King James' Bible fell from heaven in 1611. Sure, but the, 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 the idea that it occurred in this generation is really a literal biblical interpretation, isn't it? Uh-huh. Now, the encouraging thing is, yeah, the encouraging thing there, but I want to encourage people because all this information is a little bit distressing that we've been deceived this badly. But um, you can't use Scripture to prove that there is not a secondary fulfillment of some form in Matthew 24. There could be. And we've actually been told that there is. That's good news. So there, there, there is um, what happened there. It was fulfilled word for word in the first century. There's going to be a secondary fulfillment, but it's not word for word. Now, typically, when you have what's called type, anti-type theology, you have a precursor, and uh, it's called a prototype, okay? The prototype is not fulfilled across the board. It's more of a shadowy, um, a foreshadowing, okay? The secondary fulfillment is typically fulfilled word for word. In this particular case, it's the opposite. And that that, that does happen. Okay. Um I don't I don't understand what you mean. Okay, you have what's called a prototype, you know? When you have type anti type, that is the t- the initial type, the pattern. And it's typically not fulfilled across the board or literally. The secondary fulfillment, which we call the anti-type, it's fulfilled across the board, word for word. That's the, that's the okay. typical pattern in Scripture, but sometimes it's the opposite is true, and this is an example of that. I'll just tell you right now, there's no evidence in Matthew 24. If you take Jesus at his words, there's no evidence in, in Matthew 24 that there's a secondary fulfillment. The only reason I believe that is because the angel said yes. But it, it's a partial fulfillment. It can't be across a sec- the board. A secondary fulfillment of what? The prophecy. Well, see, what people have to do, they have to become familiar with secondary fulfillment. Most most Christians are not. They don't even know that that there's. So, so just to be clear to me, you you don't you don't have the view that the time of the return or or the or the, the new kingdom is is at hand. I guess if we if we take the assumption that Armageddon occurred in the generation at hand and that a thousand years have, a thousand years have passed, that Satan has been loosed, as prophesied, mm-hmm. then it, it would seem that the time is nearby, near, near at hand, wouldn't it? Because I think it's fairly clear. It, it, it does, it, it, but, but you also got to remember... Um I don't want to make a, too big a thing out of this because I absolutely believe uh, that it's imminent. But every single generation has been wrong. They expected Christ to come, and uh, every one of them failed. Now, these were great men who spent a lot of time on their knees praying. Did God show them? No. But that ought to tell you something, a little humility, because 
all these people on YouTube, they think they can figure it out. How come all these great men couldn't figure it out? They were more uh, holier than you. God didn't tell them. But see, they believe that God has shown them these things. They're arrogant, actually, and they're highly presumptuous. People don't realize this. They need to know this. They think they're the knowers, and they graduated from YouTube University. Okay, And where did the information come from, by the way? I already said this earlier. It came from YouTube. They basically borrow from each other. You can see consistently right down the line. I've talked about this before. There's a, like a red line around the YouTube community. Then there's information that circulates outside of that red line, which encircles the YouTube community. They don't talk about it. That's a fact. Mm. Okay. In fact, I'm just going to be confessional here. And uh, let me dumb this down. I was ask, asking about um, what is the typical response of these Christian conspiracy theorists out there? Uh, these are actually like two large podcast networks, well, I will not name. They have a lot of different shows on these two Christian networks. And I wanted to get some kind of a feel for how they would react to hearing this show. You know what the angel said? I swear, I wish Chuck was here. He said, deer in the headlights. When they listen to me, it's like, wah, wah, wah. See, the problem is it's one person saying all these unusual things. I've never heard this before. It's just like kind of strange, unusual, and they just go back to the little YouTube world of comfort. They don't but in, want to in, in summary, you, you, the, uh, the the ideas that I've just um, that I've heard from, um, I mean, I'll give you the source, but I've heard from other people, of course. You, you're not you're not saying that those ideas are in are ridiculous. What ideas? That that Armageddon was a thousand years ago. That. Um, that the time no, may be it was a thousand years ago. Look, the Bible teaches that. You just can't yeah. have to deal with it. Um, look at yeah. look at the very but, first. Would you, verse. But you would I've agree that most before. most Christians are are pre millennials, don't they? Pre oh, absolutely. That's, you know what that is? Popular religion. That's popular religion. Yeah. Okay. Now stop and think about it. You got a conspiratorial mind. What is the origin of popular religion? For the common man who doesn't investigate, he's not sufficiently motivated, he's a television watcher, Satan. It, it's a child's yeah. play. Yeah, well, the common religion is scientism, isn't it? Just Actually, yes, it's scientism is the religion of the masses. Um, the opiate of the masses is not religion, it's scientism. Just let me read this. You know, how do you determine um, these things? Um, unless you have revelation, you can only go by the context of Scripture. So you got to understand, where do we get the term Armageddon? Well, it's in the book of Revelation. So in Revelation 1.1, it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants what must soon take place. Okay, yeah. soon is not 2,000 years. He's talking about in imminency. And then in verse 3, it says, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. Yes. Now, here's the thing. If something is imminent, 
How would you express them? Well, John said, dear children, this is the last hour. Now, I've already thought about this before. I actually put it, uh, it's in a podcast title. It says first century imminency, I think it is. Yeah. These simple-minded Christians who are not even thinking, they're just following along with a hopeful belief that Jesus is going to come in the sky and deliver them from all the bad things. This is actually what they believe. I'm not exaggerating. They won't have to go through any tribulation at all. They're going to go out of here before the tribulation comes. There's nothing. God, Jesus is going to save us all. It, Jesus is about salvation. He doesn't want his people to go through tribulation. Actually, the Bible doesn't teach them. Jesus hmm. said, in this world, you will have many tribulations, but be of good courage. You know what I mean? You're going to suffer. That's what pastors teach. They don't teach that. No. Okay, so what you're going to have to do, you're going to have to take that last hour and stretch it over 2,000 years according to their chronology. So here's how you completely destroy this. What if John actually wanted to talk about something that was imminent? Okay, it could be any subject, but it's, it's imminent. It's, look, if, if, if the last hour means 2,000 years, then what terminology would he use? You don't have any terminology. You already used it up. How can you express to the people, look at, listen to me. This is going to happen soon. You, are you listening to me? He said, this is the last hour. The Christians go, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's the 2,000 years. <laughs> See how that's, this is false. And yet, people that listen to me right now, they will continue to hold to their belief system. And they do. They will kind of consider what I say. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, people are so heavily programmed, their minds are basically frozen. And they will literally go with um, comfortable truths and the things that are repeated the most. They don't get involved in, here we go, risk-taking. You actually have to get involved with risk-taking when you do all this stuff. It it involves risk because you're going against the established norms. See that? I doubt that many people will hear this, Dave. This is at the end of many hours of... um of discussion, so I don't, well, I, I don't think many uh, people are going to hear it. I uh, am convinced, I've already said it before, I, I do, don't assume that I think that people listen to all of, all of this audio. It's too much audio. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm doing five-hour shows, and I'm trying to split them in half. I didn't used to do that. But, you know, like yeah. when I used to have these five-hour shows, I mean, I don't expect some housewife to sit there and listen to the whole five hours. And even if they did, they'd be walking in and out of the room. They're going to miss stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Plus, they'll have distractions in the background, and they'll misunderstand things I'm saying because they're not paying full attention. It's, just, it's going to happen. That's why well, you this have particular, to This particular bit's been very straightforward, I think. Uh-huh. But yeah, the Dead Sea Skull community, that was the Christian remnant out in the wilderness. And who was their leader? Now, you got to understand, in the Dead Sea Skull uh, literature, they have this one elevated figure. And who was he called? The teacher of righteousness. Now, uh, the word righteous and just are very similar. They basically have the same meaning. So he basically has two different names in English. He's called as a historical figure, this is his name, James the Just or James the Righteous. You can look it up. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought about maybe the possibility that the teacher of righteousness is James the Righteous? By the way, according to surviving literature, which I can't prove anything with, 
he was held in a, a incredibly high esteem by the non-Messianic Jewish community because he was a man, he was like, had a spotless reputation. He used to pray so much according to the surviving information that he had like, um, it, the skin was thicker on his knees. Right. You know I mean? He was spotless. He had a spotless reputation. They couldn't get anything on him. You know I mean, and they yeah. respected him. And uh, there's two different accounts, but he was uh, They killed him. They ended up killing him. He was thrown off of a precipice. Wow. And then, then he was replaced by another. Uh, what's called the despotinoi. It's a Greek term. It's not in the Bible, as far as I know. It means kinsmen, and they actually had a bishop of Jerusalem. It's basically like a pope because he had all the authority, but it had to be from Jesus' bloodline. And I, if I remember right, uh, Stephen replaced him. And you'll not find that in the Bible, okay? But the, uh, they tell you that the Despazenoi survived you know, into the early uh, Roman Empire, the later Roman Empire, excuse me, they're lying to you twice. The Bible explicitly teaches that the Roman Empire was destroyed in the first century. That's why there's um, seven and or eight uh, kings, which are the Caesars, the emperors. You'll see this in Revelation 17. It fits perfectly. Yeah. Julius Caesar was the first one. Nero was the last. How come the numbers fit perfectly? The other thing is, oh, the Roman Empire was completely destroyed. According to Scripture, it's the fourth beast. In the book of Daniel, chapter 7, and notice that it's thrown into the, to the furnace. It's destroyed by fire. They yeah. lied to you, and they said, oh, the Roman Empire you know, went on till what, the, the 5th century? Pure garbage. Well, they, they had to do say that. Till Constantinople fell, which was 1476. I, I yeah, I hate to tell you this, but the Byzantine Empire is completely manufactured out of thin air. It didn't even exist. You know why? Because that entire millennium didn't exist. They had to they had to do that. They had to manufacture yeah. all kinds of things. A lot of times, though, they condensed things and they moved people around on timelines. They condensed a lot of timelines. They had they had to do that. Um. Uh. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, it's impossible to prove that the Byzantine Empire existed. What you're doing, <laughs> you're actually relying on the Roman Catholic Church to tell you the truth. That's what you're doing. But you, these people are not smart enough to figure that out. Or you can say, oh, you're relying on the Eastern Church. Okay? The same thing. You're going to tell me the Eastern Church hierarchy has never been infiltrated? I, I get a kick out of these people. What did I say earlier? Everyone wants to believe that they've discovered the truth. Now, what happens to people is when they are like a Presbyterian, okay, and they be become dissatisfied with that form of Calvinism for various reasons. It's a very dry, overly intellectual religion, okay, and they become attracted to Eastern Orthodoxy, okay? What they do the people do this over and over again. They want to believe that now I've discovered the truth. Now, what did I say earlier about every belief system? Mixture of truth and error. There is no belief system of any complexity at all. It doesn't have a mixture of truth and error. 
So then they embrace, they, they joyfully embrace this new belief system. I could name some names of people, people you would actually know that have done this, okay? Books have been written about this. Converting from Calvinism to Eastern Orthodoxy, okay? Then they want to over-idealize this belief system instead of, um, because they want to believe, I finally discovered the truth. Uh, no, you embrace another a belief system that is a mixture of truth and error. It's absolutely amazing how blind they are to this. They don't critique that belief system. They don't deconstruct it. They want to believe this is the truth. You know why? Because it would be discouraging to find out, well, actually, this is um, all messed up as well. In fact, guess what? They're all messed up. All right? It's all messed up. Um, let's go back to Matthew 17 11. And let's measure every belief system against that scripture. It says Elijah will come and restore what? Everything. Any kind of belief system with any degree of complexity, according to that scripture, is corrupt. The human ego can't allow that possibility, especially if they've already escaped one false belief system, because they want to believe, you know, I had to labor. I had to go through a lot of emotional ups and downs. You want to believe this is it. I'm finally here. But no, it's another deception. And they fall for it. You know why? They're weak. So what's the That's possibility the that that this idea of... By um, the way, I just want post, to say something, post, Frank. i got to uh, say this. Post, what you're Armageddon. supposed to do, I'm sorry, what you're supposed to do is develop your own belief system. You don't borrow a belief system, and you don't enter a belief system. You come up with your own belief system. Did you know the Bible advocates coming up with your own belief system? Of course. If you think well, about I, it. Well, I thought I thought the Bible advocated um, skepticism all the time. Well, what you do is you gradually try to discover on your own what is true and false, and eventually, as the years go by, a belief system will start to emerge, and this is your belief system. Surprise, surprise. Now. Just like the Illuminati doesn't like self-education, they are totally against you developing your own belief system. They want to give you a belief system. If you don't like this one, take, try this one. Don't like that one? Here, take this. They've got them all sure. laid out just for you. You see that? The people never figured it out. You know why? Because they're, they're not suspicious. How many people believe that all these belief systems are manufactured? And this is not true across the board, by the way, because Methodism was founded by John Wesley, Lutheranism was founded by Martin Luther. But look what happened along the way. Ah, see, if they don't authorize, uh, you know, have to do with authorship, creation, a belief system, they will uh, take it over. And they've done that everywhere. I think the so, most uh, glaring aspect of a religion being taken over is, the, um, is Lutheranism. Um, I'm a member of a... Well, I'm sorry, when I say I'm a member, I grew up as a uh, a member of the Swedish church. And in that church, they uh, constantly are giving um, apologies to the hurt that was done to the Jewish people during World War II. And it's their, you know, it becomes the focus of most of their sermons now, which is quite contrary to what happens, of course, in... Uh, that's yeah. That's a liberal view. In in Martin Luther's, uh, I mean Martin Luther was very explicitly yeah. uh, um, 
vehement in his views, wasn't he? What the liberals are, you know, they have different priorities. Um, uh, their priorities are social injustice. And they look at that yeah. as one of the greatest social injustices of all time. Uh, take all these experts, bring them here right now. I'm going to ask them a simple question. Is there any human authority that doesn't have access to special knowledge that can infallibly prove that any of those people that are called Jews was actually a Jew? Prove that one of them was a yeah. Jew. Can you do that or anybody else? Nobody can do nothing. Another yeah. massive assumption. What Hitler was doing, those were false Jews. They're not even well, Jews. If he, if he did anything... I'm talking about bloodlines here, because Jews can mean at least three things. Of course, they can be religious Jews. They have nothing to do with bloodlines, you know what I mean? And he was yeah. killing people that were practicing Judaism. And, and there's no question that he killed real Jews. He killed real everybody. He's killing everybody. But some people more than others. And apparently, most of the people, he killed a lot of Jehovah's Witnesses, by the way, unless that's propaganda. Um... Most of the people that he killed were fake Jews. They're actually Edomites. They began practicing Judaism, but they're not uh, from a Hebrew heritage. Or anything to do with tribe of Judah or the southern kingdom? No. They did hmm. practice Judaism, but they're not from that bloodline. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't intending to drag the, um, the discussion that way. All I meant to say was there's a is a very clear example of where the founder of of the religion, who had a very particular view, that whole view has been completely turned on its head in the intervening period. Uh, what view is that again? Well, I mean, uh, Martin Luther wrote very scathing books oh. on... Well, if you go to, uh, I mean, there's still conservative Lutherans out there. Um, you got to understand that every, I, I was going to say every decade, every year, every year that goes by, Christians as a as a, a group, the whole community become more liberal. Yeah, the group the group becomes more liberal. Not every individual, but the group, the Christians as a group. Well, the, it's, more liberal. it's the leadership, isn't it? Well, the, the leadership, leadership has, here's the problem. Has been they, um, as a general rule, they all have what I call an institutionalized mind. They have a seminary mind. But, uh, I talked about this before. What do they talk about alternative? Here's the thing. Do they talk about anything alternative in seminary? No. Nothing. Nothing. Just like a local church. Now, there's a reason why when you go to a local church, they don't talk about anything alternative, because when the pastor went to seminary, they didn't talk about anything alternative there either. See that? Uh, let's, get, let's get straight. Do they talk about conspiracy theories? Now, if they did, it's possible that conspiracy theories are getting enough, prominent enough, like on the influence of YouTube, they may actually say a few things in seminary, like maybe, you know, like you go to... Um, University of Michigan Medical School, and last I heard, they spend 45 minutes on alternative health, not just to debunk it. So they say, you know, you're going to run into these conspiracy theorists in your in your local church. You got to be prepared for that. Hmm. Just let them know, you know, just kind of move on, you know, just so you're not caught off guard, you know. But it's going to be something negative. 
Stop and think about it. Do you think that they're going to present conspiracy theories in a seminary in a positive context? No. You know how many academics are into any kind of significant uh, level of conspiracies? Um, The only one that I would know of is Michael Heiser. I don't want to make any negative comments about him. Okay? But he, at best, is what I would classify. See, what you're going to do is you're going to use deep conspiracies as a measuring rod to figure out what is the distance between – forget about whether deep conspiracy stuff is true or not. Their, their beliefs, okay? What, what's the, dis, the, the, the difference there between a deep conspiracy and a moderate conspiracy? So you kind of have to figure that out in your head. I used to use the word soft conspiracy, but I don't like to use it because it's kind of derogatory. But that's a fair assessment. He's a moderate conspiracist, and he doesn't want to be a deep conspiracist. He doesn't believe in these things. He got angry. I've never seen the guy get angry, okay? He got angry because hmm. people were posting about Flat Earth on his blog. And he said that the next person that does this, I'm going to, I think he said ban them. <laughs> yeah. And yet, I've said this before, I don't want to belabor the point. When it comes, okay, this is the criticism, okay? There's a liberal view. I remember liberals are not Christians. Because the number one belief of a, of a liberal is that the scriptures are not inspired by God. Okay, so you're not even a Christian. Okay, the liberal view of cosmology, you know, in the context of the Bible, uh, they believe in science. Okay, yeah. and they believe that the the cosmology of the Hebrew Bible is false. Mm. Okay. And that this is uh, perfectly fine. They don't really defend the Bible, so they don't really worry about that. But Michael Heiser does defend the Bible, but he actually uh, he actually says they have a false they had a false cosmology. I'm gonna I don't mean to put words in his mouth, but he believes that because they were scientifically ignorant. Now, is that true or is it not true? That's true. And if you research that, I mean, that was a liberal view, uh, you know. Uh, but, but one, just a one second, in the 60s, the 50s, the 40s, it's been a liberal view for a long time. That's the view he embraces. But one excellent aspect of his work is that he acknowledges that the Bible does say the earth is flat. Yes, that is true, but he actually says it's false. Maybe, but it's still no. quite different. No, he says that's false. It's yeah, no, I'm not they, they, Well, they were basically doing the best they could with the knowledge that they had. Yeah, but, but the point is that many biblical scholars deny that. Many biblical scholars deny outright that the Bible says the earth is flat. This is absolutely true. Now, okay, what, there's, there's, what, the great second, thing I... And just to repeat, I did, let me reiterate, the great thing uh-huh. I like about Heisner's work is that he puts a very clear, a very salient case that the ancient cosmology was as depicted in, you know, the Sheol and the, and the mm-hmm. etc. above. He's very clear about it. And, in, and I think his case is very cogent. Um, and that's really the argument that I rely on the most when people say, tell me that the Bible doesn't describe the earth as flat. Okay, there's... Um, I'm going to... 
simplify this, I hope this is not an oversimplification, but there's, there's basically two camps. There's a large one and there's a smaller one. The larger camp of conservative scholars, they believe that the Earth uh, teaches the uh, heliocentric cosmology of science. There's no yeah. conflict between science and the Bible. Do you know that? Yeah. Then you have a smaller liberal camp, and they hold to Michael Heiser's view. He's not a liberal, but he holds to the liberal view. They yeah. actually acknowledge that, yeah, they believed in a flat earth back then, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, that's because they were scientifically ignorant. Yeah. That's what the liberals believe. So now, he's an, imp- he's an important stepping stone, isn't he? You can understand that, that, that would, why that would be a liberal view. It is saying that the view of these uh, ancient patriarchs was false. Does that sound like a liberal view to you? Yeah. Because I'm going to say no. Uh, Jesus, Enoch, uh, Moses, they all knew the true cosmology. And so did Adam. He told his children, right? So at the very beginning, you had a pristine introduction of of cosmological truth, originally, from Adam. And you're going to have to claim that it was lost. Now, they will say, well, Adam was a heliocentrist. Okay, have fun Well, it wasn't really from Adam, was it? Wasn't it from Moses? Well, everything begins with Adam. He had a body of knowledge. That's why I talked about that earlier. Christians don't even talk about it. But didn't the... I I thought all the only written Bible originally came from from Moses' discussion on the mountain. Well, I'm I'm not talking about a written text. I'm talking about an oral tradition. Okay. Yeah, now here's the thing. Not only do um, Protestants ignore tradition and have a negative view of tradition, they don't have any respect whatsoever for oral tradition. First of all, one of the reasons is it's out of sight, out of mind. Where's the oral tradition? It's gone. So it's very easy to disrespect something that's out of sight, out of mind. Uh, The Protestant religion is text-oriented. Now, this is very important because... The first century apostolic religion, are you ready, was not um, text-driven. I'll give you a couple examples. First of all, uh, hardly anybody had these manuscripts. They were expensive. Secondly, if you look there in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and 3, the religion of that day, which is no longer exists, prove it right now, it held the same authority as an oral command from an apostle on the same level as a written text. Now, you ask yourself this question, is that religion that we have today? No. That religion is gone. Christians have never heard this before. They think that God has preserved the Bible. It's all in the Bible. They completely ignore oral tradition. There you go. Your religion is just um, been destroyed. This is hmm. here's the thing. Um, Judaism, it was Second Temple Judaism. That religion came to an end. It no longer exists either. What replaced it was a new religion that was centered around the Talmud. This is the, the best form of Judaism today is Orthodox Judaism. I would say the other three groups are liberal in varying degrees. Mm. Okay? In Orthodox Judaism, is it true or is it not true that they placed... Um, uh, more, um, they give more authority to Talmud than the Bible. That, that's true. You just have to study that religion. It's actually true, which is horrifying to a, a, a biblically driven Protestant. You know, oh my God. <laughs> but that's true. 
Well, it's kind of horrifying to me. That's not, true for, that's not true for every individual, but as far as that religion. Now, see, that's a different religion. It was created by the Illuminati. It's, it should not be called uh, Second Temple Judaism, obviously. It, it's, it's properly called Talmudic Judaism. Okay, so the same thing happened with Christianity. Um, they created a new religion, which we call Christianity. Was that the apostolic belief system? I, already, I just proved it wasn't. Hmm. The people didn't have the manuscripts. And they had an equal authority with oral traditions. Does this, first of all, this religion today, do we have not, even the Roman church and the Eastern church, you know, they exalt tradition. They don't place it on the same level either. It has to be on the exact same mm-hmm. level, okay? And um, all this information is gone. So how can it be the same religion? It's not the same religion. And neither is Talmudic Judaism. It was manufactured. What it is, really simple, Satan manufactured a sheepfold to draw Hmm. the people in and deceive them. And he's put plenty of people out there. I'm just going to tell you right now. I do not have a reason to believe that any of the church fathers were not on a payroll, according to what the angels were said. Chuck and I were shocked. What hmm. I did, I, I, I framed a question about the, the church fathers before Bernard of Clairvaux. You should be suspicious of him because he had to do with the origins of uh, the Knights Templars. You can go to Wikipedia, look it up. He was what, about your super, what about your super buddy <laughs> origin? Just a second. Um, Bernard of Clairvaux, he's considered to be the last church father. So I asked the question, you know, before him, I'm just going to say the results were not good. Hmm. Um, With Augustine, they've corrupted his works according to what they were told. I need to ask more about Origen because I'm confused. I don't think Origen was an agent, and I don't think Augustine was either, but they corrupted his works. Now, I'm going to, I'm going to, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Romans, or excuse me, uh, Daniel 7, really quick. You've got to understand one thing. The Roman Empire was greater than Babylon, Medo-Persia, and Greece. This is absolutely critical because that proves that Rome has to be one of the four beasts. We can't skip over it because it's greater than the other one. So it has to be represented among the four if Babylon, Babylon and Greece are in there. Rome has to be one of the four because they're greater. Okay? What mm-hmm. does it say about that empire? It says it's destroyed by fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so you take that truth and you set it aside the other one I got there. And what does that tell you? You know what I mean? Um, it, it was all destroyed. Okay, so now you go back to, um, he wrote this book, great book called The City of God. I have it, you know. That's one of the greatest, um, they call it a theological work. It's not really deep theologically. But you look at the city of God, which is one of the greatest Christian works of all time. Okay? It's kind of a big book, but not too big. Um, That book is constantly talking about the Roman Empire. That's a lie. According to what? Dave? No. According to the Bible. Of course, you know, they repeat over and over, go, oh, you know, all these emperors, you know, Second century, third century, fourth century. They got all these stories, you know what I mean? Hmm. According to Daniel 7, they're lying to you. God says it was destroyed. And it actually tells you who the last 
emperor was. It was Nero. He's the eighth, who's one of the seven. He impersonated Christ with a false resurrection. Here we go. He had some kind of satanic transformation. And there's actually traditions about this, believe it or not. Hmm. Uh, there's a tradition that he actually left for Parthia, and he came back as, as Christ. He says, I'm Christ. And people believe him because he started performing signs and wonders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, that's what it's talking about in Revelation 13. Um, it's actually critical to understand that it was filled in the first century and also to understand it has double fulfillment. Uh, I don't think I want to go on that right now. But see, Revelation 12, 5, and 6 was fulfilled in the first century. When the woman fled into the wilderness, guess what that was? That's this, <laughs> this Dead Sea Scroll community. It's, it's right in the Bible. According to Eusebius, they uh, responded to the prophetic oracles of Christ, and they fled to the Transjordan region. You can't prove any of this, okay? But that's a historical record from him. But it, it happened somehow. We don't know exactly where they went. Well, actually, we do. Uh, hold it here. Am I certain that that community, I'm not certain that the, it's a Roman fortress, okay? I'm not certain that, yeah, I'm not certain that they were even there. Yeah, I'm not certain. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not uh, concluding that, that, you know, these people were there. Uh, that, I think that's false, too. They, they don't think they tell you where they went. We, and we don't know. That's what I'm going to conclude. We don't know where they went. Are they going to tell us? No, they're not going to tell us. So we don't know. And we have no way of knowing. It's too far back in history. You always, it's the same old thing over and over again. You're trusting the Roman Catholic Church to tell you the truth about ancient history because they sat on top of all the information. Everything is filtered through them. So I talked about earlier about the seven-day week surviving. God said, no, you're not going to corrupt that, okay? Uh, Pretty much everything else, (laughs) uh, I wouldn't trust it. Hmm. You can't prove anything at all with uh, documents that old. Because you don't have certainty about forgeries, the same thing is true with the Bible. It's virtually impossible to prove that any single word in the Bible is not uh, a scribal edition, as far as I can think. You don't have absolute certainty. Because the whole sentence could be added. You see, because except they're used except to, that, it, the literal interpretation makes a lot of sense. Here's the thing. Yeah, I'm a biblical literalist. Here's the thing. There used to be a community that guarded the text, and guess what? That community was destroyed. Just like there used to be a community of priests that protected the um, genealogies. That's why you can't prove anybody is a Jew anymore. You don't have certainty about 500 years ago. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got these Illuminati families right now. They're impersonating Jews. This is why people believe in a worldwide Jewish conspiracy. The mm. Rothschilds are pretending to be Jews. They're not Jews. Why are they doing that? Uh, it's kind of a big story. They have to establish a biblical, uh, a historical lineage with the House of David in order to convince people that their Antichrist is descended from the House of David. They're yeah. thinking ahead. So this is why when they had the Vinci Code propaganda, they were educating the common man who had never heard about these things, about Merovingian kings. Have they ever heard about the Merovingian kings? No. And the Knights Templars. They probably never heard about them. They have actually got a History Channel 
Oh, they talk a lot about the Knights Templars now. Why? That's actually an Antichrist conspiracy to try to get this connection going between this coming Antichrist and the House of David. Because the scripture is very plain. You know, if you're not a liberal, if you're going to interpret the scripture literally, uh, the Messiah is from the House of David, Vedic lineage. You have to just totally ignore that. They're not going to do that. They're going to make it look legitimate. So they have to do these things ahead of time. And so they've done them. There you go. So there's people out there pretending to be Jews. They're fake Jews. There's different types of fake Jews. I've, I've got to skip out. Thank you very much. All right. Hopefully you continue to talk, and I'll pick it up. On no, the I'm going to um, – let me see here. I wonder if I said enough about that witch. Um, I think I did. The witch over in Europe. Uh, we got uh, – I asked Chuck today or yesterday. I said, is she from America? And his angel said, no, she's from Europe. Okay. I also asked if she was like from below, like a subterranean civilization. He said, no, she's from a uh, surface. I don't remember exactly the words that he said. Check that news into it. Um, anyway. Let me look at this list here, just in case there's something on there that I want to say before I go. I don't want to say next week. Um, oh, I made an error last week. I, I might edit it down. I was talking about um, Saturday and how um, it's virtually impossible to prove that that's the correct day for the Sabbath. Now, it used to be in the ancient world, you know, what we call Saturday, right? Remember I talked about, you know, the, the seven-day uh, week has been retained, okay? But all these people who, they're, they're called the Sabbatarians, there's all kinds of different Sabbatarians. They could be a Jew, they could be a Messianic Jew, they could be a Seventh-day Adventist. All these people, are they conspiratorial? No. They have the magical belief that God preserved the correct day for the Sabbath through the medieval period, now, are they thinking about what I said earlier about the Roman Catholic Church? No, they are not. The, Roman, the Vatican, uh, they're skilled propagandists. If you don't understand that, you're incredibly naive. One lie after another. Okay? And they sell in a lot of uh, truth, too. Okay, so, <clears throat> at one time I was a Sabbatarian. And I was very concerned about keeping the Sabbath. And it's really funny. My mother used to be used by demons. I know this for a fact. I think the demons just tried to irritate me. Um, because we're not required to keep the Sabbath. And people will disagree with me. Dave, that's false. So right there, you're, you're off your rocker. And, uh, and you're, you're listening to demons. Or whatever the heck they're going to say. Because you know? they always believe that they're right. Okay? And these people ever been suspicious that that day uh, may have not carried over through the medieval system of control. All right? They controlled all the information. Unless God says, no, you can't corrupt that. Have these people ever thought about that? They have not. They have not. They hold to the belief that God preserved it. You know why God preserved it? 
simple childlike reason, because the Sabbath is so important, God would never take it away. Now, what did I just say? God would never take it away. Is that true? This is what they believe. I'm sorry. Go to the book of Hosea. I've done this a number of times. It's like Hosea 2. And you will see God specifically announcing that he's going to take away the Sabbath. And he's speaking to the um, northern tribes, the Samaritans, because Hosea was a prophet to the northern tribes. Okay, But uh, the point still stands. Um, a Sabbatarian says, God would never take away the Sabbath. That would be something that Satan would do. They understand, uh, you know, uh, punishment, curses, corporate judgments. They don't even think about these things. And they don't incorporate it into their theological belief system, which they really don't have much one anyway. Okay, so now we know that, um, you know, the Bible says, you know, God gives and God takes away. The, the Sabbath is a blessing. And the Sabbath will be restored in the future. I'm a restorationist. The Bible is restorationist. Obviously, Matthew 17, 11. By the way, if you look at Matthew 17, 11, what does that tell you about the Sabbath? Does that give you any confidence it's not going to be corrupted? What did Jesus say? Elijah will come and restore everything. Now, here's what's interesting. The more important something is, the more likely that it is going to be one of these things that Jesus said is going to be you know, corrupted, has to be restored. They're not even thinking about this. So I have a restorationist view of the Sabbath. And the Bible specifically talks about the Sabbath in the future, and people have to keep it. You can see that in the latter part of uh, Isaiah, somewhat interestingly. There's a nice passage in there. It talks about those who keep my Sabbath. It's actually talking about eunuchs, by the way. While we're on that subject, Okay, just want to put this in there because Christians believe that they're under the new covenant, right? And they believe that all the information that we need to know to live properly before God is in the New Testament, right? I, you can destroy that in 10 seconds. All you have to do is create an exception. And they have to get a response. That's about information that's nowhere found there. Is it important? Yes. Does it talk about concubinage? No. Does it talk about dowries? No. Okay. What about eunuchs? You know, the Old Testament talks about eunuchs. Did you know that the book of Isaiah talks about eunuchs in a future context? Uh, go out and get your Bible app and just put in the word eunuch. I forget which chapter it is. I, I could look it up. There's going to be eunuchs in the future. In the house of David, and I don't even want to go in there right now because people cannot even relate to a eunuch. I've had this kind of struggle with myself. Okay. Um, in a harem, the eunuchs actually had sex. Most people think that they couldn't get it an erection? That's not true. And they would have sex with the king's wives. Now, the reason is it was inferior intercourse. And that's why, it, you know, didn't, uh, you know, the king, he didn't get his nose out of joint because when he showed up, you know, they're going to get a better sex, right? But these women, they need sex. If you really think that these women sat around to wait for Solomon to show up, 
You are very wrong. He was attempting to keep them satisfied, and guess what? You don't hear about this, but this was a tradition all through the ancient world. And I just want everyone to know that uh, every single one of the Davidic kings, whether they were good or bad, they all had harems. Get over it. And Christians have a negative view about that because of a cultural bias. Let's just admit that. I already made uh, negative comments about uh, polygamy earlier. Okay, so I'm not promoting polygamy. But these Christians who are biblically ill-informed, they're not aware of the passage where God spoke to David and said, uh, this has to do with the sin with Bathsheba. He said, why did you do this? He spoke through Nathan, right? He said, um, I gave you your wives, and I would have gave you even more wives if you had asked of me. Did you know that Christians that have a negative view across the board and women respond more negatively to polygamy than men? They don't know that passage is in the Bible. They also don't know that the Bible says precisely nothing negatively about concubinage, nothing. The so-called New Testament, which is not the New Testament, because New Testament has to do with covenant, right? New covenant's future has to do with the restoration of Israel. It doesn't even talk about concubinage, which is a form of polygamy. Okay, so uh, in the uh, Old Testament, it talks about eunuchs, okay? Now, the subject of eunuchs may not be important to you, okay? But let's say uh, so we want to have some eunuchs around here. And people say, what? What is this, some kind of a sex cult? That's not biblical. Okay, go to your New Testament and show me the scripture where it talks about eunuchs. Okay, because, you know, we're going to have a scripture that says, okay, we used to have eunuchs, but um, we're under the new covenant now, and uh, there's no more eunuchs. By the way, uh, the book of Isaiah says there will be. Now, Christians believe that the, the new covenant already began, and it continues. This is kind of a magical belief for all eternity. All eternity. That's that's what they believe. Okay, the new covenant is for all eternity. Now, um, naturally, they believe that that passage there in Isaiah, where it talks about eunuchs, that's in the future, and I agree. So, in their mind, that would have to do with the new covenant. The new covenant began the first century and extends through all eternity. Well, they haven't really thought about this too much, have they? But in in the new covenant, in their new covenant, they actually have some eunuchs. But I'm not talking about the book of Isaiah. I'm talking about first century apostolic law. All right? What does it say about eunuchs? You know what it says about eunuchs? Absolutely nothing. Behold it here. I thought that all the information that we need to know to live right before God is in the New Testament. Well, it's not. You know how many scholars I've heard talk about this ever, okay? That they're, you know, not all the information is there. You know how many? Zero. Now, if you disagree with me, show me somebody in history, a Christian scholar, who was aware of the fact that all the information is simply not there. So, therefore, 
there's one of two possibilities. We're under the new covenant. It began in the first century, the new Christian religion, and there is lost information. There's lost books, or maybe it's been corrupted. Texts have been, a passage has been removed. Okay, that's one possibility. Have you ever heard anybody say that? No. No. Uh, that's what you need to do if you want to continue to believe that we're under the new covenant. The options are very few. Stop and think about this for yourself. I don't know why people don't just change their opinion, but I guess they just keep repeating, you know, we're under the new covenant over and over again, and that's what people believe. And then Dave says, no, we're not. I give the evidence. You can't refute it. Do people believe it? No. They just keep right on going with what, you know, the familiar, the comfortable, what they hear. I mean, Dave, are you trying to say that all these Christian scholars are wrong? Uh, yes, every one of them all through history. Um, produce some evidence that they're not. Okay, now the other possibility is that we're not under the New Covenant. That Judaism is actually correct. The, the, the New Covenant has to do with the restoration of Israel, which is exactly what it says in Jeremiah 31, which is the primary passage in the entire Bible that talks about the New Covenant. The passage in Hebrews 7 is quoting. Jeremiah 31. Go look at Jeremiah 31. What is it talking about? The physical restoration of Israel, which replacement theology, which was the historical view of the church until the 19th century, okay, that had to do with the introduction of dispensationalism, which is the popular belief today. That's what people believed. Okay? They didn't believe in a physical restoration. They spiritualized all the texts. You'll see this in all, in all these Bible commentaries, the classic Bible commentaries, like Matthew, Henry, Bible commentary, uh, Adam Clark. You go right down the line. All the, all the commentaries of the Protestant reformers, okay, and their ant- antecedents, their uh, people that came after them. Yeah, replacement theology. There's no future literal restoration of Israel. That, oh, no, no, no. There's a higher spiritual meaning. That's all fulfilled prophetically in the church. Uh, through Christ, but it sounds so spiritual, doesn't it? It really makes you feel good. It's so lofty and profound. It's 100% false. Well, that's what these scholars believe. And uh, I actually don't know which is worse anymore. I used to think that dispensational theology was worse. I look more today at replacement theology is like, you know, hermeneutics has to do with the science of biblical interpretation. Uh, That hermeneutic is very similar to the Watchtower Society. Now, the Watchtower Society, they believe that they are spiritual Israel, that they've replaced the older Israel, just like Roman Catholic propaganda. And they do the same thing. They spiritualize all these texts. They, uh, they butcher them. So they have to. They, and none of them can be you know, literal. It's all fulfilled through Watchtower Society. Now, they have a different belief system because the Watchtower Society wasn't around you know, in the second century. And it's a little bit different because they actually take passages more literally than replacement theology. Because they're premillennial. You see, most of these replacement theologians 
were amillennial. A lot of people don't know that. They were not premillennial. If you're premillennial, you tend to interpret things more literally, like a physical restoration. Um, Amillennialists, I used to be one, uh, they tend to spiritualize the text. So there's a common overlap, at least historically, with amillennialism and Postmillennialism. All there's, there's different types of postmillennialism. There's postmillennialism that has this, um, their millennium is has a lot of commonalities with um, premillennialism. Depends what type. Okay. Basically, it has to do with whether or not you spiritualize the millennium. In other words, the millennium is not an earthly kingdom. And here's a way to understand that. The amillennial view, and uh, I've said this before, this is a historical view of the church, even to this day. You've got to remember that the Roman Catholic Church is amillennial, the Lutheran Church is amillennial, the Reformed Church has traditionally been millennial. They had a huge insertion in the 18th century of postmillennialism, which became very popular. But as things go along, even in the Reformed camp, um, premillennialism was becoming more prominent. It has to do with the seminaries. They're becoming more liberal. Okay? In other words, they're abandoning the historical position, traditional position. Uh, historically, traditionally, uh, the Reformed Church, how do you ever want to look at that? Maybe you want to call them? You know, they uh, had their origin in Calvin. He was in Switzerland, right? They have been uh, amillennial. What basically happened is that both Luther and Calvin quoted in their greatest works uh, a St. Augustine way more than anyone else. You can actually document this, you know, quote by quote. Well, Augustine was amillennial. They embraced his amillennial belief system. Okay, postmillennialism, according to what they tell us, did not originate until the 18th century, and this is somewhat problematic because the guy that is credited with originating it is considered to be a quote-unquote liberal, if I remember right. Okay, and that's one of the biggest proofs that they have against millennialism. You know, it's a liberal view. They don't tell you that that was the predominant view in the greatest um, revival in American history, the First Great Awakening. And that's a fact. Most people back then were post-millennial because they believed in a future golden age of Christianity because this revival was just sweeping the country in that region. Now, this is a long time ago. It's 18th century. Um, before the Revolutionary War, man. I think so, yeah. Anyway, like I said, all these belief systems, they all... <laughs> How hard is this to figure out? Do you think that this belief system is infallible? This is how you force people to think. Is your belief system infallible? You, know, you believe in Eastern Orthodoxy, right? Is that an infallible belief system? <laughs> the Roman Catholics have to actually say, yeah. They say, yeah, it's when the Pope sits on St. Peter's throne and speaks in ex-cathedra. Oh, yes, it's infallible. 
Look at you with straight face. Okay. I'm talking about everything, though. Well, they're going to have to admit they have error because they, you can document they change their mind on things, right? <clears throat> okay, so, you know, is Eastern Orthodoxy an infallible belief system? Of course it isn't. This is where you jumpstart a frozen mind that has an emotional attachment to a belief system. This is my belief system. I love, I love this belief system. This is who I am. I'm Eastern Orthodox. Okay, well, if it's not infallible, then guess what? There's error mixed in with it, isn't there? Uh-huh. So can you tell me where the error is? You know, you ask a Jehovah's Witness. You ask him. Well, you know what the Roman Church says about infallibility? They hate the Roman Church, by the way. I always say nasty things about it. Now, you guys don't claim to be infallible, do you? They'll say, oh, no. And we have made mistakes. Because <laughs> they have to. <laughs> they don't really like to tell you that. If they think that you're reasonably informed, they'll, they'll readily, oh, yeah, we've made mistakes. Because they're a little bit cautious about you pointing out some of these mistakes, like predicting the, the end of the world in 1975. Now, that's a pretty big mistake. You know what I mean? And they're aware of that. So, yeah, we've made mistakes, okay? So you're not infallible. Oh, no, we're not infallible. Okay? Then you hit him with the next question. Okay. Can you show me one significant error of the of the Watchtower Society? They'll look at you with a strange look on their face. Why is that? Uh, well, they're in a cult. Okay, now, when you're in a cult, you don't deconstruct the cult. Okay, you defend the cult and you deconstruct everything else. You criticize everybody else. You know, we're God's people and we're being guided by God and we have the stamp of God's approval. Christians believe the same thing, by the way. See, it doesn't have anything to do with a structure. You're always thinking about the structure, you know. Dave, that doesn't sound right to me that, you know, Christianity is a, is a cult too. That doesn't sound right to me. Forget about that. Forget about the institutional structure. Focus on one thing. The human mind. Okay? Now, I'm claiming that the human mind is enslaved by propaganda. That's mental enslavement. I've talked about this many times. Now, when you go to your local church and you go, well, this church is corrupt. Why are they corrupt? It's made up of people. The people are corrupt. Okay? Same thing with the Christian church. Who makes up the Christian church? I'm going to tell you. A people that are mentally enslaved. And how do you prove that? I said we live in a sea of propaganda. Ask yourself this question. Have they figured out any significant lies? Okay? That have to do with conspiracy. Go look at the pastors. Now things are changing. People are learning about conspiracies on Facebook. Traditionally, it's real simple. Like I said, when the pastor went to seminary, what did he learn about conspiracies? Either nothing or perhaps recently, you know, be cautious of this. You may run into this. A lot of people are looking at like YouTube and 
they're becoming like flat earthers. You may actually have a flat earther in your congregation. You should probably prepare ahead of time to deal with these people. Now, is this going to be a positive thing? No. Do they believe that the earth is flat? No. No, they believe science. You know that. First of all, this is not hard. I already told you you can't learn that much in four years. Okay. Ask yourself this question. Is the subject of cosmology important? Well, of course it is. It has to do with the structure of reality. Okay, so now we're moving on. Let's go back to the seminary. What did they teach them about cosmology in seminary? Now, remember, traditionally, you didn't have really have any options. You went to school. They gave you the heliocentric propaganda. Did they give you the dialectic? No. Did you believe what you were told? Yes. Okay, now let's go to the seminary. Do they do anything different? Stop and think. Do they offer you a dialectic? You know, it's either your heliocentric universe, promoted by science, explained by science, or you have this other option on the table. Okay, do they have another option on the table in seminary? Do they? No. By the way, what is that? That's a cult. That's a cult. If you don't even get the dialectic, you know what the dialectic is? They're both false. Both from Illuminati. The reason they don't give you a dialectic, they don't want you thinking or reflecting on the subject of cosmology. And why is that? Because (laughs) it's an important subject. Isn't that funny? See what happens when you expose this propaganda? And then you look at the people. Remember, what did I say earlier? Who are the experts on religion in our society? Uh, in Second Temple Judaism, they were the priests and the rabbis. Who's the, who's the experts? By the way, in Christianity, they almost virtually ignore the academic community. So don't, don't even count them. I would count them. And they're supposed to be the experts. But um, Christianity is so incredibly dumbed down and anti-intellectual, they don't even think about the academic community. And they also make all kinds of disparaging remarks. You know that, especially if you've been in a Pentecostal church. You know, these silly remarks about, um, they call this uh, seminary, <clears throat> the cemetery. You go there to get spiritually dead. You see that? That identifies their attitude, doesn't it? Okay. They don't think they need the academic community. Uh, they're ignorant. But there's always, whether it's within Christianity, outside of Christianity, people don't realize this, okay? But there is a huge gap between the academic and non-academic community, and they don't communicate very well. That's one of the things that Michael Heiser can be credited for. These scholars are not very good at reaching down to people. When they do, is typically they will write a book that is um, more available to like the layperson. That the layperson is Illuminati term, right? He can understand it. They, they, they write books like that. They also write books. He, he's like, what the heck is it? You know, all these theological terms. They're writing for other scholars. But they will write books for other lay people can understand. Yeah. But uh, it's the same old thing. Every single one of these, I'm going to just tell you right now. 
uh, every Christian authority that I can think of historically off the top of my head, there's got to be some exceptions for this. Um, but definitely all the major players, in my opinion, every single one of them had an institutionalized mind. You see that? They had not learned how to think straight. What does that have to do with again? Processing information. I'm going to make it simple. This is as simple as you can make it. Were they sufficiently suspicious about, you know, the system or the way things worked or whatever? There's actually a psyop from Satan to get you to believe that, you know, God is guiding you on to victory and you got the stamp of God's approval and you're God's chosen one and he's protecting you from the lies and just all this stuff right down the line. And you don't need to worry about those things. Leave that to the conspiracy theorists. And you could even say now, stop and think, how many conspiracy theorists have there been uh, among Christian scholars as the centuries fly by? You see, you don't need to pay attention to these things because God is guiding us. And if these things were true, then God would have shown his people a long time ago. Right? Show me one single one of these people that has the same, uh, that that believes that Elijah is a coming prophet. They all believe that he's John the Baptist. What did I tell you over and over again? John the Baptist is dead. He's already dead. So, unless you want to believe that he is um, reincarnated, it's not Elijah, it's somebody else. Well, your whole religion just collapsed because Jesus is prophesying a corrupt religion. Based on that passage, uh, no religion can be anything other than corrupt. Now, if it's sufficiently corrupt, like Second Temple Judaism, it no longer qualifies as a quote-unquote true religion. It's very simple, isn't it? Now, Name one single scholar, conservative scholar, Christian in history, that had the audacity to come out and say, I'm a Christian, but this is a false religion. And um, that's all we have. Okay? And in the first century, uh, Second Temple Judaism, we're speaking generally here, okay? That was the religion of the day. And that was corrupt. Now, if a religion is corrupt, by necessity, it cannot be a true religion. I'm not talking about in God's eyes, not men. See, God has a higher standard. You know, it says in Hosea 10 that um, Israel is corrupt, okay? That was a religious <laughs> community, right? How could they have the true religion? Well, they didn't. That's why Jesus and John uh, and... Uh, the apostles, they didn't say anything good about it, did they? Nothing significant. That's because it was a false religion. They criticized it a lot, didn't they? They, you know, they criticized the leaders. You know what I mean? Well, how could you have these corrupt leaders but have the true religion? Um, the religion was corrupted since the time of Moses. It's kind of complex. 
But basically, there was only one man who spoke face-to-face with God. That was Moses. And so if a problem developed in the community, God would speak to Moses and he would say, you know, go correct this, right? Well, the problem is after that, no man spoke face-to-face with God or heard from God like Moses. So things began to get corrupted, and they got worse and worse and worse and worse. They didn't get better, but there was periods where there was a temporal upswing. Uh, One of those would be during the time of Josiah, and yet that quote-unquote revival was insufficient because right after that, what happened? Uh, Judah went off into uh, exile in Babylon. So whatever went on there, any kind of reforms, they didn't um, satisfy God. Then there was another attempt during the day of Ezra and Nehemiah. Okay? And if you look at the text there, the people were shuffling on their feet. They were um, docile, spiritually slothful. No, that was not. It was temporal upswing to satisfy God. Now, the way to illustrate this, if you know anything about history at all, the greatest restoration of truth so far has been the Protestant Reformation. Did you know that the Bible bypasses that and does not acknowledge it as a a true uh, typical Reformation? You know, they call it a Reformation. First of all, there's all kinds of things that the... uh, the Protestants uh, didn't correct. They just followed the Roman Catholic Church. They didn't change anything with their church councils. They believed everything. They accepted the Roman Catholic Church councils 100%. No, no deviation. You know I mean, okay, so again, the important passage Elijah will come and restore. Everything or all things. Now, if you look at the New American Standard, actually uses the word reform instead of restore. It's proper to translate it that way. So the Bible is prophesying a future reformation, where there's going to be a, 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 a foundation of truth established, and you'll have a genuine revival, because you have to have um, a foundation of truth, restoration. That's why we can't have a true revival. People are trying to have a revival about truth. Okay, I talked about this earlier. Okay, Uh, what do you think God's opinion is about that uh, Protestant Reformation? Now, I'm not saying anything bad about it as far as, I mean, that's the best we've had. You see that? The best that we have so far, does it live up to um, God's standard of what we would call a biblical Reformation? No. Why? Because it skips right over it. Uh, you don't believe that uh, Martin Luther was prophet Elijah, right? Well, there you go. And neither was Joseph Smith. All right? So you can believe whatever you want about Joseph Smith. Um, he wasn't prophet Elijah. That's a restorationist movement, by the way. I'm a restorationist. Uh, you're supposed to believe as a Mormon that, you know, all the truth was restored. No not according to the Bible, because um, Joseph Smith wasn't Elijah. 
And by the way, Joseph Smith, I don't want to go on this right now, he didn't even believe that himself. He talked about, look it up, he talked about the one, the mighty and strong, the one mighty and strong. We've talked about this before, I think it's in Isaiah 26. It's not even talking about a person. The angels told us it's talking about Satan. And I think it's a double metaphor, and it actually has to do with his star, because you look at it, and you're going, where did they even get this? This looks like a celestial object being thrown to earth. Yes, it's wormwood. And you would never know that without revelation. I can't prove it. You can't disprove it. I've already said before, there is not enough information there to even prove whether it's a person or a celestial object. I think people used to know. See, this is the problem of relying solely on the Bible. People used to have um, auxiliary information to supplement the Bible, even if it was like an oral tradition. What happened to all that information? Well, it's gone. This is why it's so difficult to interpret the Bible. People don't realize how difficult it is. You know, if you just follow along, by rote, believe what you're told, oh, yeah, this means that, this means this, you got it all figured out. You know why? The Holy Spirit, See, the Holy Spirit is very closely associated in the mind of the Christian, you know, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and all this truth, because the Holy Spirit's a teacher, right? The Holy Spirit's associated, the activity of the Holy Spirit is associated with what? The New Testament, the New Covenant. This is what they believe, right? Well, we already dealt with that one. We're not even under the New Covenant, okay? Uh, stop to think about one thing. Do they know anything about lost knowledge? No. So that belief is false, okay? Uh, Christianity is actually a religion of massive assumptions. You could enter that religion, you know, in God's special club, and here's what you have from God. You get all these things, and they tell you all these things. Some of them may be true, but not to the degree that they uh, say they are. Because we're actually, uh, this is, we're under a judgment, we're under a curse, we're actually Israel. I haven't said that in a while. There's only one Israel. There's not two. We're actually Israel in disguise in the diaspora, dispersion. And we're under a curse. God's people are under a curse. Do curses know that? No. They're just like the ancient Israelites. The ancient Israelites always had an overly elevated opinion of themselves. And that is why when the prophets would show up, I noticed the prophets always had a negative view of Israel. And they didn't have that opinion. So they would reject the prophets. They well, not that bad. Now, notice, <laughs> stop and think about Christians who have this new covenant mentality listening to, to me. You see the parallel between the Old Testament prophets and, uh, and, and the people that are ill-informed, they, here's the thing. <laughs> they simply don't know that God is displeased with them. All right? I'm talking about as a group. Did you know that God is displeased with his people? Now, there may be a few pastors out saying that, but what they're talking about is modern corruption. 
Now, this wasn't true 100 years ago. But modern Christians have become so corrupt, you know, they're infected by pornography and liberalism, all this stuff. God's not pleased with his own people. But I'm talking about in every century. See, that's, that's, that's the corporate judgment, okay? Which is a concept that's found in the Bible. Uh, in the corporate judgment, it affects everybody. No matter who you are, how righteous you are, you're all under this judgment. And the reason is God is withholding blessings. That's real simple. Christians are so incredibly dumb and dense. Of course, they only hear one thing over and over. Oh, the blessings, the blessings. We have all the blessings. They've never heard that God's withholding all these blessings. And the reason is um, this institutional religion has to do with mediocrity. All they've ever known is mediocrity. Their expectations are very low, and that's why they're satisfied with these breadcrumbs from the master's table. That's all they've ever known. You know what I mean? It's like the flat earthers jumping up and down, you know, because they uh, realized that the earth is not a perfect sphere. And then they ran off, and what blind people do is they assume things, don't they? Then they assume that they had discovered the true cosmology. Well, actually, um, you know, you're trying to outthink the Illuminati. Did you know that the Illuminati has propaganda about cosmology? And, you know, it's not like they're going to all deny this because a lot of these guys are, you know, moderate conspiracy theorists, right? But they all want to believe that they um, decrypted the Illuminati propaganda and we have the true cosmology. We did it. Hooray! You know what I mean? But it's a joke. But that has to do with the human psyche. Uh, the human psyche is deceptive. And the number one person that you fool is yourself. This is something I, something I come back over and over again. You deceive yourself. You don't even need the devil. You're seduced by your own ego. I figured it out. It wasn't that hard. You know what I mean? Anyway, it goes on and on. And have the people even heard? They haven't even heard what we're talking about now. They don't discuss it. You hear them talking about? These are all ideas that they have either not heard or are not vocalizing for some reason. Because they're not vocalizing, right? But you can tell right away these are different views than what they have. And we're talking about things that they do not talk about. That, that's true. You can, you can prove that. Are they talking about these things or are they not? They're not talking about them. Here's an easy way to prove that. Are they trying to prove these things wrong that, I, that I'm talking about? Are they trying to prove them wrong? First of all, you have to acknowledge the existence of these things and then prove them wrong. Are they doing that? No. No. What we get is the wall of silence. And uh, we asked Chuck's angel today, uh, what is uh, people's reaction to hearing uh, this podcast? He said, deer in the headlines. I, I think they actually kind of get confused. They go, what is this? I, I don't know. I think I'll go back to my regular programming, right? My favorite podcast. 
I think Dave, he has a big ego. I think he, uh, I think he thinks he's uh, special. He's got some kind of special inside uh, pipeline to God with all this uh, truth. You know, I think he, um, I think he might be mental uh, because um, I have to admit that he keeps talking about unique things that I haven't heard. So I think he may have a grandiose belief about himself. And he spent a lot of time alone trying to come up with things that people haven't talked before. In other words, it was all artificial. I mean, it didn't come from God, right? Because that would mean that Dave is like, uh-oh, here we go. Well, we, we, I'm not even going to vocalize it, okay? I don't even want to talk about that. But, yeah, I think he, um, I think he has a big ego, okay? They're kind of stuck at that level. Can you process the information? Just kind of set me aside, you know. Maybe I do have a big ego. But um, that's why I try to talk about things that are self-evident as often as possible. We can get into the other theoretical stuff some other time. I'm just trying to go over the same old stuff over and over again. If you can't see this, you're, you're blind. Okay? That's just the way it is. And guess what? It is normative for the Christians to be blind And guess what? I'm going to put that in proper perspective. According to the Bible, it is normative for God's people to be blind all through redemptive history. It's normal. But it doesn't sound normal, does it? You go, what? Get your Bible out, and you'll notice this is true. God actually calls his own people blind. You know what I mean? It makes like he's mocking them. And they were. But they were corrupt. You see, it's not that hard. If people were thinking majority, they got this majority programming because God loves us so much. The only thing you ever get in redemptive history is what we call the remnant principle. Now, the remnant, you cannot use the Bible to prove that the remnant was in the majority at any given time. You can't prove that. The remnant is minority. And by the way, those are the only ones that make it. Okay, fully, finally saved. According to the Bible. Well, the remnant is minority. They're not blind. Okay? But the majority are. That's all I'm saying. It's normative for the majority of God's people to be blind all through history. This is why people, I mean, look at when did God do more for his people beyond the days of Moses besides the first century? Okay? God did a lot of things. He put a lot of opportunities out there for people to wake up. He did signs and wonders, right? He sent Messiah, right? And, um, what was the result? I said most people were blind. Is it true or is it not true that only a, a remnant of people embraced their Messiah? That's true. And why did God judge Israel and destroy their religious system? Well, one simple fact, they, in other words, the majority 
of God's people rejected their Christ, and that's why they were judged. Now, we don't have all these signs and wonders all over the place. They did back then, and they still rejected him. And God's going to do this again. There's going to be, I know it's hard to believe that there's going to be greater signs and wonders in the Exodus. The Bible actually teaches that. You'll see that in Micah chapter 7. Anyway, same old thing. Um, there'll be a lot of uh, initial followers. Uh, they'll be enthralled with all the signs because unspiritual people follow signs, don't they? Remember what Jesus said about these people that follow signs? They didn't say they're spiritual. You can be very earthly, very materialistic. You go, wow, I do this, man. Let's just hang out for a while, see what's going on. You know, you're intrigued. But these people will be tested along the way. Remember, Jesus had 70 uh, disciples besides the, the 12, and they all fell away because he gave them a hard teaching. I mentioned that last week, okay? Um, before I go, I, I realize I just digressed again. This has to do with Thursday. So I'm going to talk about that. I think I'll, I think I'll go. Yeah, I digressed on that. So I told you I used to be a Sabbatarian. And um, I didn't understand law back then. Right now we're in a parenthesis in between period between the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. The Christians believe that the Old Covenant either ended at the crucifixion or in the upper room in the book of Acts or when the veil was rent at the temple when Jesus was crucified, you know, that kind of thing. They don't understand that the Old Covenant was intact until uh, the structure of the temple. But there was two groups, and the, the increasingly larger group, which is mistranslated as Gentiles, they didn't have to keep the law. You can see this right in Acts 15. We always portray these people as like negative. Oh, the Judaizers. You know what I mean? Um, Was there any negative comment made about them keeping the law? No. They kept right on keeping the law. And it says in the book of uh, Hebrews that this is going to be intact. Well, it actually says it's wearing out. The Old Covenant hasn't worn out yet. Well, what do you think that's going to happen? It's talking about imminency. When the temple's destroyed. Okay, so eventually... In the first century, the Torah observers became the minority, as far as we know, because there was a lot of conversions. And a lot of these conversions were actually people of Israelite descent who had wandered away from uh, the covenant. Okay? So anyway, um, I used to keep the Sabbath. Yeah, I remember I was talking about my mom, and my mom, this is how I know it was demonic. I'm glad I didn't forget this. She would ask me something to do. Well, I got to back up here. I used what's called bibliomancy, which I've talked about a number of times. You'll actually see a Wikipedia article on that. Um, You can use the Bible to use bibliomancy or any other book to get revelation. You open it, you look for keywords. This is a sophisticated way. 
And I believe, even to this day, that Thursday is the correct day for the Sabbath. This is why I was talking about Thursday in the last show. Now, why would it be on Thursday? Well, God says he's going to take the Sabbath away in the book of Hosea. Now, when he does these negative things, it's typical for Satan to be involved with carrying this out. He carries out God's curses, um, punishments. Okay, he has a purpose. Now, stop and think of you with the devil. If you wanted to hide the Sabbath, would you put it on a Sunday? You're going to hide it down to the centuries, you know what I mean? So it becomes lost, the correct day. By the way, according to the Bible, if you want to keep the Sabbath, you have to keep it on the right day, not on the wrong day. I'm not being picky. You know, back then, if you kept the Sabbath on a Wednesday, they go, what do you do? You fool. Not the day, that's not the Sabbath. You're not keeping the Sabbath. Because it was um, kind of like a small festival. And what do you do with festivals? You keep them on the right day. So what is wrong with this guy? He's doing it on a Wednesday. He's not keeping the Sabbath. The Sabbath, the day doesn't change. We're just keeping it simple here. It's always on the Saturday, right? Well, they switched the days around. But no, let's stop and think about it. If you wanted to hide the Sabbath, you would um, put it in the middle of the week. You would want to put um, uh, two or three days <laughs> between that and Saturday. Exactly what they did. Just covered up. Now, the greater truth is we don't have to keep the Sabbath right now, but it will be restored in the future, and you will have to keep it. The reason is we're not under the Old Covenant and we're not under the New Covenant. We're in uh, under the um, the law of conscience, which is specifically mentioned in Romans chapter 2. It talks about the Gentiles who don't have the law, some of the law of Moses. They will be judged by their conscience at the judgment seat of Christ. Go look it up. The Torah observers, which I said previously, we're part of the Messianic community as well. See, people think they're talking about these unsaved Jews. No, they're talking about Christians who keep the Torah, just like always. They didn't stop keeping the Torah. I've talked about this over and over again. Paul was misunderstood. He was discouraging these people from keeping the Torah. He wasn't forbidding it. He's misunderstood. And he was keeping the Torah. You can see that explicitly in Acts 21, where he had accusations that he wasn't observing the law, and he wanted to prove that he was. Why do we ignore that? I'll tell you why. That collapses the Christian religion. Is is that what Christianity believes? No. They will allow that there was these Judaizers that theoretically could have been converts, but they were doing the wrong thing. They were still keeping the law of Moses, and they shouldn't have been doing that. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, you'd want to hide the Sabbath, uh, put a couple days in between that Saturday. Exactly what they did. Okay, so what my mom used to do, she would tell me to do something like, mow the lawn, you got to mow that lawn today. But what's funny is 
you know, all week long she had said nothing. And then on Thursday, she would tell me, you've got to do this. And she would, like, get upset. And I'd say, Mom, today's the Sabbath. I can't work. And she said, oh, you're just doing that to get out of work. Can you believe that? She didn't buy into this at all. I mean, I lectured her up and down. I don't think I convinced her. I convinced her that I believe this, but I don't think I convinced her that the um, the Sabbath is on Thursday or maybe even have to keep the Sabbath, you know. And Christians uh, typically, uh, you know, they're not Sabbatarian. They don't believe that they have to keep the Sabbath. So anyway, um, what I was talking about on the last show when I was a kid um, I had this one day, it was like this perfect day in my life, and it was really weird. Like hour to hour, everything was just like magical. And it was a Thursday, and I've never forgotten that day. I talked about it in the last show how um, people um, recall, you know, memories, because they have like an emotional, it, it has to do with your emotions, right? But they don't recall the specific day Typically, just the moment, right? Well, anyway, that all happened on this one magical Thursday. And uh, when I became a Sabbatarian and practiced the Sabbath on Thursday, I drew the conclusion that that had something to do with that day. Because even though um, it's not required to keep the Sabbath, at the present time. You can keep it if you want. It's not forbidden, okay? You can go ahead and keep it. You're just not required to. I drew the conclusion that it had to do with that day. See, in the Jewish belief system, all the days were not equal. A Saturday was, uh, Sabbath was superior. That was like, you know, the, the head of the week, apex or the peak, or whatever you want to call it. It kind of built to a climax, you know what I mean? It was like a mini festival during the week, like a, almost like a holiday. See, they viewed it as a blessing, not as like rule keeping. We, we view it as, you know, in Protestant mindset, we view it negatively. You know, you got to keep this. You can't do that, and you can't do this. You can't do that. By the way, um, if you look up uh, the Sabbath rules, there's very little rules about the Sabbath. I've talked about this before. But uh, people are confused. Um, even the Bible, uh, they're talking about rabbinical laws about the Sabbath. That's why the Pharisees rebuked Jesus. Uh, because they were um, doing things that they weren't supposed to do on the Sabbath. Those were actually rabbinical laws. They were not in the law of Moses. A lot of Christians don't know that. The Sabbath laws are very simple. Okay. They added laws, and Jesus talked about this. We call them traditions of men. It doesn't mean they weren't legitimate um, necessarily, because Jesus said to obey those who sit in the seat of Moses. That was a religious society, it was tribal. Uh, but those laws which confused Christians referred to as the oral tradition. They assumed that they were never written down. It's impossible to prove that. Um, those were the laws that governed society. 
that was a religious society. And every society has these supplemental laws. They, like in our society, they're not considered to be religious laws, right? But back then, it was all within the context of a religious community, and the leaders themselves were, were religious. Imagine being in a society today where all the leaders are religious. See, that's the kind of society that they had. Now, they had people who were hypocrites and uh, corrupt, but they were still religious leaders, right? See, that was the hierarchy. The hierarchy was was religious back then. That's, that's, that's really important, you know what I mean? And so they had all these, um, you could call them supplementary laws, but they a lot of them were necessary to govern the society in totality. And today we distinguish between you know religion, uh, religious laws, and uh, which is inside of a religious community, and outside of that everything is secular. It was different back then, <clears throat> but you had to have these laws. So that's why Jesus said, "Obey the uh, those who sit in the seat of Moses." It'd be the same thing like Jesus saying, "Obey the local authorities." You know, don't run uh, a red light. Um. If cannabis is not legal in your state, don't smoke it. The Bible is completely silent about any kind of admin, uh, prohibitions against, well, actually, here we go, any natural drug. Here we go. I mean, most Christians never think about that. They have their own puritanical manufactured ethic. They just, just assume that God would not approve of this. You know, God would not approve of um, opium, right? And they have this magical belief that everything, you know, my faith is based on the Bible and everything is in the Bible. Okay, well, you you show me that law there about uh, opium. Or they could say, well, opium was not in that part of the world. Okay. Cannabis was, oh, yeah, hemp. And I do believe that uh, hemp is in the Bible. I don't want to go into the hemp conspiracy. That's a huge one. It's tempting, but it's too late. It's 326 here. Uh, It's being mistranslated, and I'm not sure how often it's in the Bible. But there's no no prohibition against it. People had access to it. Christians um, don't understand that if the Bible is silent about something, it's okay to do it. Now, I could come up with some exceptions for that, because the Bible says absolutely nothing about laws about pedophilia. And I asked the the angel about that. He says they didn't need any, because um, it was just basic common sense. He didn't say common sense, but... um, the community would take care of those things. They would uh, take the person and just stone them. You know what I mean? They didn't need to have a law. That, that's what he said. He didn't. I don't think he said stoning. But, uh, the community handled those things. You know what I mean? Today we have uh, people who they don't have any basic common sense. We call them liberals, right? And uh, they're highly confused people. Uh, they're products of um, hundreds of years of propaganda. And they don't know whether they're coming or going. And they think you're very strange because you're religious. 
But what did they ever do? Uh, what they what did they do? They embraced scientific propaganda without questioning anything. You know, you asked them when you got your education. They told you about science. What did you reject? You know what I mean? Just like with the Jehovah's Witness. Okay, they're not infallible. Where do you disagree? Because there has to be errors. So have you found these errors? No. They haven't even been looking. Let's see with these people. Did you know that as a general rule, uh, the typical American citizen, uh, citizen, they don't critique science. Did you know that? They like science. And the scientists are the new priesthood. It replaced the old priesthood. And science has replaced religion. The science, or we call it scientism, because it's cultic. Yeah, it's a cultic belief system. You know what I mean? And the whole society is a cult. I, I've proven that over and over again. I, I've done it in such a way that it's impossible to refute. All you have to do is understand that biological devolution, which is everywhere present, universally, is nowhere acknowledged in this society as the centuries fly by. And yet it's self-evident. Well, why can't they think? Draw the proper conclusion. Well, their minds are frozen. Frozen by God. They can't acknowledge reality. But what is reality? We'll keep it really simple. Their entire environment is deteriorating at the biological level. I, I already said at the beginning of the show that hum, humanity uh, is on the brink of extinction. That was a long time ago. And it's a cover-up. And I didn't necessarily believe this because I knew that it wasn't that long ago where they would uh, cover up, uh, you know, ecological type things. As some other things, they promote them. Um, they do both, so it's kind of confusing. So I wasn't sure if that was the truth. But eventually I arrived. Well, all you got to do is look at the evidence. This is something you're not going to maybe see in a single day. You got to look into this, look into that, look into this, look into that. And you, finally the picture starts to form. And you realize that humanity is in trouble. Humanity is in trouble even if the environment does deteriorate because. Um, there is the possibility, I don't believe this based on scripture, that robots could replace humans. You know what I mean? Uh, you still have the Illuminati around. But see, humans are devolving, and, and um, obviously the Illuminati know that. We don't have a high market value. You see that? We're kind of a pain because they have to manage us. So they can have their scientific utopia and their transhumanism, but they actually don't need us, right? 
They could dispose of us, but that's not going to happen because God will not allow it to happen. In fact, what I was saying earlier is that the Illuminati is going to, excuse me, God is going to replace them unless they repent. Every single one of them, and I don't care if they're under the ground in their high-tech civilizations, he's going to get them too. The Bible actually talks about God. Um, I think it's speaking metaphorically, but he actually talks about no one being able to escape. It's either Amos 8 or Amos 9. It might be Amos 8. There's nowhere to flee. He says, if you go you know, down below, I'm going to come get you there. If you go up to the heavens, I'll get you there. You're not going to be able to escape. There's nowhere you can go. You know what I mean? Now, the Illuminati, they like to fool uh, conspiracy theorists. I already talked about this earlier. You know, the, if the planet's destroyed, they're going to get off the planet. Stephen Hawking is talking about this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? He was actually saying this. So, they promote that kind of garbage. Um, along with all other kinds of propaganda. And there's so much propaganda on YouTube. I look around at people, and they fall for this stuff. And they corporate into their belief system, and they have an emotional attachment to it because they identify with, you know, this is me. This is what I believe. And they defend it. And as a general rule, people do not, critique themselves and that's why they don't critique their beliefs. They critique other people, right? So that's the problem. It's very difficult for a man to see his own errors and that's why ideally everyone needs a mentor. Someone that's more experienced and can see the big picture more than you can because they've been around longer. They have more knowledge. They have more experience. Today, we try to do everything without authoritative teachers and mentors. It has to do with uh, individualism. It's consistent with uh, consumer society. Capitalism has to do with competition. Everybody's trying to uh, ascend up the ladder, become successful in the money system, and you've got to compete with everybody. This is the way it's all set up, okay? This is the, people have this mindset. They inherit it. This is all they know. So this is the way they act across the board, okay? So um, they want to critique you. But they don't want to critique themselves because it's all about self-promotion. You see that? Me, me, me. Me, myself, and I. I'm better than you. I'm right and you're wrong. That's the me versus you programming. See this every day on Facebook. And no, I do not get involved with it. I don't have nothing to do with it. These people don't want to learn. They think they do. They want to learn. They want to share 
in the ancient world, uh, I don't think there was a whole lot of sharing, not like Facebook. People recognized authority because it was established in the community. It's like, you know, this person's an expert. We think somebody's an expert because they go to Bible college for four years. No, it's not an expert. Somebody who uh, assimilated propaganda for four years. And obviously, you know, not everything they say in there is false. I hate to say it, but according to Matthew 17, 11, check this out. By necessity, uh, easily over 50% of what you learn in a seminary has to be false, according to Matthew 17, 11. And guess what? That's true for Christians as well. That's shocking that over 50% of what you believe is, it has to be false, according to Matthew 17, 11. That doesn't make any sense to anybody unless you understand there's all this lost knowledge. Like I said, do Christians believe that? No. No, no they don't. No. And like I said before, they think you're going to be, you're full of yourself, he believes he's special. He believes that he has a connection with God. And well, Dave said he's talking to angels. That's a claim of superiority. Right? I said before, they are programmed to have an emotional response. And I've already seen this on the internet, there have finally been some reactions to me. <laughs> it was an emotional response. They did not address the information. I went on the podcast and I said, I'm the only devolutionist out there, except for people who are influenced by me. Okay, that's a simple fact. They'll prove it wrong. I actually challenged people. Did, did they do that? No, I just ignored it. They talked about, uh, I, I don't know, how I was full of pride or something like that. It was, Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I got some stuff written down here that I can talk about next week. So. Now Frank came back. I didn't know that. Anyway, all right. I got to get going, Frank. It's uh, 3.40 here. I've never uh, podcasted this late, I don't think. And the only reason I did is because... Um, the same old thing. Every show was attacked. Last week, we had to stop and go into a different room. Uh, this week, we got tossed out of the room, and we couldn't even call in. Nobody could. It, it was a busy signal, and have we ever heard that before? No. And you better believe that was deliberate. And I just told Chuck today, I've said this before, so... I said, i got to start praying before each show. Now, I did say a little prayer. It wasn't enough, I don't think. But um, when I did pray uh, during the show, I think it was before we pushed the record button. We got immediate results in five seconds. Okay? So uh, prayer works. I mean, I see it all the time. It's amazing. You know, God is out there and... uh, he does answer prayer. Anyway, something positive in the mix of all that negativity, huh? 
All right, I'll let you guys go. We'll catch you later, Frank. Uh, this audio is in the Madcap Laughs Room, and it'll, it'll be available for download. It'll just be sitting there. I may not have a title on it, okay? All right. Anyway, catch you guys later. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.